Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, welcome to another episode of Dragon's Greed Gaming. I am your host, Lord Borak, the Great Unclean One, and you are joining us for episode lucky number 13 of Gallows Geists, a Warhammer fantasy roleplay 4th edition actual play series. And as always, I am joined by my very best friend in the world, Tyler and Matt and Brian. How's everyone doing tonight, gentlemen? Woo! <laughs> Living the life. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm in Number 13 world. sounds, it sounds ominous. Uh, it right? does. It does. Oh, Always. Shit is going to happen. You know yeah. Chris is playing something fucked up. Going down. It's, it's yeah. Warhammer Worldplay. You should always be uh, <laughs> worried. So, uh, alas, we left. The Geists had... Uh, witnessed the hanging and executions of the Holtz family, and the following evening, uh, the Stupot Holstery, where you were staying, was attacked by their undead risen forms. Uh, they tried to break into the inn, and the group of you, along with the barmaid and the two guards, managed to fend them off and ultimately slay the rest of them and end their undead rampage. Unfortunately, one of the guards at the main gate was killed, and that is how they seem to have gotten in. Um, but uh, other than that, there were no serious injuries. You had also had a chance to meet a uh, celestial wizard by the name of Nicholas Schulman, who had introduced himself and seemed quite interested in the lightning stone that you'd recovered from the Beastman Herdstone. And Schulman and Mort spent most of the day. Um, looking into that and trying to uh, decipher what it may be. And you guys have come to the conclusion it seems to perhaps be a map of some sort um, or that it might have some sort of writing on it, but it is definitely missing pieces and part of a greater whole, uh, which Mort is now hoping to recover and find more pieces of. Um, Firth and Lavolpe, you spent most of the day uh, following up a few other endeavors in town. You checked in on the uh, alchemist, uh, herbalist, Hildet Cross, 
and uh, got your potions from her. You had a chance to meet Father Magnus Gottschlock uh, from the Temple of Sigmar and witness one of his sermons. And uh, you had visited the barber surgeon again and uh, just kind of took care of other few few things that were loose ends. Um, Haircuts. That that's true. Uh, and then at the at the temple, um, after meeting uh, Father Magnus, uh, Kessler gave you a bit of a history lesson of uh, the birth of Sigmar, and um, seemed to lament uh, a little bit uh, of his past, so to speak. And uh, the following day, uh, Captain Kaiser approached you all and said that the mayor of the town, Burgomeister Adler. Uh, had requested your uh, appearance at the town hall, much to everybody's shock. And you had met a very worn, um, tired-looking, older gentleman uh, in somewhat nice clothes that were a bit unkempt. And he explained that he had had a dream of a woman by the name of Madriga Brenner, uh, who had drowned herself in the well uh, several weeks before. And he wanted you to uh, bring the priest of Moore, Brother Crab, back from the Garden of Moore uh, here to interpret his dreams. And um, Ka- uh, Kaiser took you guys aside and explained that um, what Kaiser was hoping you guys would do would be to more or less check out the cemetery uh, he's worried that with the uh, the Holtz coming back to life, that something foul might be happening. And you guys learned of the uh, the story of a necromancer by the name of Lazarus Morn, who had been executed a year before uh, out in the fields, burned at the stake. And they say that uh, the guards had raided his home and found evidence of his necromantic dealings. And... There's rumors now going about the town. Everybody seems to think that perhaps Morn has returned or some aspect of his spirit is still haunting the uh, the town. Uh, so at the, um, at the behest of the uh, Burgomeister and with the possibility of undead, uh, Kessler has decided you guys will at least check out the garden and make sure there are no more corpses wandering around out of their graves, and to check in on the the priest of Moore. And so the storms have gotten worse, the rain is a bit heavier, and you have made your way through the slopping muck that is the road called the Coffin Track, which heads uh, southwest towards the Garden of Moore. And uh, Firth, you are familiar with this fact that most gardens of Moor tend to be rather large. Uh, some of them, I mean, could easily be the size of a small village or even a, a small town. And um, because of their significance and uh, their nature, they are generally separate and outside of major settlements. Very rarely are they within a city or a town in the empire. They're usually kind of a separate entity. Depending on the size of the town, they may have more than one priest that works there. Um, it sounds it sounds by what you've heard that this one only has one priest that attends it. Um, but in a place like Altdorf, you know, you might have dozens of uh, of priests. So, 
we will pick up there as you guys are making your way through the muck and grime. Uh, this road in particular uh, is not very well uh, paved or, or put out. It's basically just a dirt trail, which has become a, a big mess as you guys are making your way there. Um, now, you guys have been able to uh, requisition a horse from the guards. Captain Kaiser has loaned you guys a horse to pull around the wagon. Uh, so, Lavolpe, you have the wagon to sit in so you don't have to try to wander around on your broken leg. That's so nice. Uh, currently, um, Kessler uh, is holding the reins of the horse and walking alongside it, kind of guiding it. The rest of you are, are in tow. As uh, as you are all walking, Kessler turns to you, Firth, and um, he uh, he reaches into his bag and he takes something which he hands to you, and um, you recognize it as the device that he used on Koch's fingers. Oh yeah. He hand, did you say he hands it to me? He kind of broke up there for a second. Yes, yes, he hands it to you. Uh, it looks like he takes a second to kind of judge your reaction. And then he speaks and he says, Do you know what this is? Uh, I mean, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it in, in use. We call these knuckle crackers. Or knuckle dusters, some people call them. You saw what it does, and he then, you know, basically kind of shows you, like, how you slip it over a finger, and he explains basically how it works, you know, explaining that you can put it between, you know, the different joints of a finger, and by turning the, the crank, we'll start to apply pressure, and obviously you can apply enough pressure to the point where it'll crack the bone. He says, um... It's one of our simpler tools, but it can be quite effective. And it looks like he's, again, kind of gauging to see how you react. Um, yeah, Firth kind of just puts his attention on the device and doesn't look at Kessler, really. Um, and then is kind of non-responsive in that sense. Deliberately not making eye contact, you know, just kind of like just okay. looking at the thing. He uh, eventually he says, because we're on the move a lot, sometimes we have to carry around a lot of our tools and equipment. We might not always have access to proper facilities, whether it's to detain someone, or transport someone, or interrogate someone. This one works well because it's so small. It's not very messy. And for the weaker willed, it can make an interrogation end quickly. And give me an intuition test, please. Intuition. Uh, You can have plus ten on this. All right. Ho-ho! Oh, that's initiative. Sorry. Where is intuition? Well, I rolled a 99. doesn't matter. Okay. So I think it's fair to say that I failed that. Yeah. 
Oh All right. yeah, we're back in the nineties. Back in ninety-nine. You can't uh you can't quite read Kessler as he uh, as he says that last part, uh, you know, and makes an interrogation end quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, he basically, you know, kind of kind of shows you how it works and explains it. And um, you know, after a few minutes, uh, you know, he offers to take it back. It doesn't look like he's you know expecting you to keep it or he's giving yeah, it or anything I'm like that. Happily um, handing it back to him readily. Um, are you are you noticeably kind of like uncomfortable as he's discussing this and showing this thing to you? No, no. Firth kind of studies it, but um, his inner monologue is that he doesn't like this. Okay. Um, A few minutes go by. You guys are nearing the river, and Kessler says, um, I know it's not a very pleasant part of what we do. And he, uh, he actually kind of looks at the ground as you guys are walking, and he says, I rather find it distasteful myself. He says, but when you have your own when you have your own men to lead, you'll be the one doing the interrogations. And as he puts the thing back in his pocket, he says, but if you get good at the other aspects of the job, sometimes these tools aren't even necessary. Can develop a strong, quick wit. Start to learn how to read people, how to get into their heads. Sometimes words do the trick. He says sometimes that's even a good way to figure out whether or not someone truly is guilty. And then uh, he kind of looks up um, and he says see the true chaos filth they'll say whatever they need to they'll come up with constant lies they'll try to misdirect you if they truly believe that what they're doing is righteous or just sometimes only pain can break that lie but an innocent man the fear takes over you can start to tell the difference between the fear and the lies many times you can see the difference between the guilty and the innocent sometimes the threat of pain or one of these tools will be more than enough to get the information that you need he says I don't show this to you lightly I certainly wouldn't have had you in there with Koch lightly far too often Many of my brethren are rather, it looks like he's searching for the word, overzealous when it comes to interrogations. Makes one wonder if they're truly doing it for Sigmar's justice or perhaps something else. Yeah, I can see why it'd be important not to enjoy your work in this case. You can tell he seems really satisfied with that answer for whatever reason. And um, at that point, you guys have reached the river and we're going to hop over to, whoops, uh, to this. Where'd it go? A new map. Uh, there is a new map. If I could figure out how to get back over to it. Okay, there we go. 
All right. Obviously, part of this you cannot see, but... I, I'm still looking at the town, actually. Oh, wait. I Sorry. I always forget to move this thing. Hold on. Ugh. There we go. All right. New map available. I see a path, a river, and then a big black. Okay. Yep. Okay. Good. So, um... The road right here is the road that you are currently walking on. And then this right here is the river that is um, is running uh, north and south. And that is, uh, you guys know, is called the River Tranis. And it branches off from the Tuifel River, which is the river you took to get here from Ubersreich. This river heads... Um, south towards the uh the mountains and the hills in the distance and across the river you can see basically in this large uh square are the walls of the garden um and just across the river you can see a small gate and what looks like some sort of uh opening or or door uh that seems to lead further in and when you get to the river, um, you can see that there is a small raft on the other side, uh, tethered to this uh, this pole right here. Um, but you do not see anything else other than right next to you guys, there is a pole, and on that pole is a large, somewhat rusted bell. <laughs> Can everybody please give me a perception test? Plus ten. Ah, there we go. Uh, I success by, by two. Okay. So, success uh, by three. All right. Mr. Mort? Uh, come on, computer, do the thing. Do the thing with the thing. Uh, I would call that a failure. It did wow. the thing all right. That is yep. a critical failure. This is all right. So we've got a ninety-nine and a hundred already. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I'm telling you, get out computer, guys. guys. Get out early. <laughs> I will never use that fucking computer. Wow. It's horrible. You rolled more one hundreds than any other roll. <laughs> like, it's true. It is absolutely insane. The computer anyway. just knows how to make it interesting, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Firth, you uh, hear off to your right some rustling in some tall grass. And when you turn to look, you can see someone is very poorly hiding in the grass. Yeah. <laughs> um, was dropping some eaves, huh? When you look in his direction, uh, a man comes out of the uh, the bushes, uh, the grass, and he, everybody, um, you, you, some of you may recognize him, you, you feel like you may have seen him around town, uh, but the man that stands before you is rather um, skinny and very poorly dressed, very dirty and filthy looking, and... When you have seen him around town, 
you can tell that uh, no one really seems to pay much attention to this guy. He definitely seems like a bit of a an outcast or a bum of some sort. And when he he comes out, he says, um, "You uh, you, you have to ring the bell. You have to ring the bell for Brother Crab." And he's got kind of a, a, a childish, stupid grin on his face as he as he talks, almost like he's excited. Hmm. I guess I will ring the bell. You know, this silly tradition that I guess this man has. <laughs> so you ring the bell, and um, despite it not being like a church bell or anything that large, it does give out a rather uh, loud, resounding ring. And you wait there for a... Uh, a few minutes, and nothing appears to happen. I, I look at the guy who, you know, came out of the bushes, like, I... I what, what's going on? He looks a little nervous, and he says, Brother Crab always answers. He always comes when you ring the bell. He, he brings the, the raft over, so, so, we, so we can visit. And, and who are you? He says... My name's Waltrot, and he gives you a really stupid grin. Okay, Waltrot, perhaps you can just take us to him instead of him coming to us. Uh, he looks at the river and at the raft on the other side of the river and says, well, how do we do that? Is the, is the raft, like, docked, mourned, something like that? Yes, it's tied to uh, this pole on the other side of the river. Is the river smooth? Yes. Uh, the rope. Does it look significant? Is it like, like a really big, chunky rope? Uh, it's nothing impressive. Just a regular old rope. I, I want to try to use my gust spell to try to blow the rope off and bring it over our direction. Hmm. Um, okay. Go ahead and cast. Uh, spell fills the cast, but no, nothing negative happens. I mean, I suppose I could just try again. Uh, it's up to you. Yeah, it's the worst that could happen. It's only magic. It's only magic. Okay, I fail again. Third cool. time's a charm, right? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> all right, so... <laughs> we can quit playing for the, the night. Mort, you are <laughs> having some extreme difficulty tapping into the winds of magic here. And um, you'll be at a, until otherwise, you'll be at a minus 10 to all casting tests for the rest of this while you're here near the garden. Very unlike when you were near the herdstone. Uh, The winds don't respond around here. I kind of like shake my staff a little bit. uh, (laughs) Even the air is dead. Matthias looks uh, back at everyone. And says, so, can anybody here swim? Firth has got to be able to swim. Oh, I do have swim skill. Yeah. It's an advanced skill, so. Yeah, I can do the that. The only other thing, could, I, could we fire, like, a, a rope from my crossbow? Not that I'm going to pass my checks and, like, try and <laughs> reel, reel it in that way. I mean, that's, that's my only other thought. Do you have uh, Firth, any Firth, sort of rope? I thought I had Firth is rope. prepared to swim. 
me check my gear. I, th I, would, I thought rope was something I came with. It was one of my accessories. I keep in mind a crossbow bolt is not that large. Um, so I don't have it anyway. Right. I was going to say, unless you have something rather on the finer side, it probably would be too large. Got it. Um, yeah, Firth, it, Firth is ready. He's, he's already taken off his, his leather jerkins and stuff like that so he can swim across. Okay. All right. Uh, Matthias, uh, Matthias says, um, just be careful of any currents. Yeah. Do you need a rope? And, uh, yeah, I guess I'll swim across with a rope and then I can just uh, hoist myself back that way. Okay. Um, just in case, Volpe, keep that crossbow at the ready anyway in case I get some uh, unexpected visitors somewhere along the way here. You got it. All right, so Kessler does have a uh, a rope in his bag, which he unties, and he ties um he ties part of it to the uh, horse's saddle, and then the other uh, end he gives to you, Firth. Magic. All right, in I go. Splash. Do you tie the rope at all? Or are you just holding it? Uh, no, yeah, I've kind of, I've kind of. Um... Oh, yeah, I guess tied it around, like, armpit to shoulder, if you know what I mean. Sure. Um, go ahead and give me a quick uh, dexterity check, please. Dexterity. Um, there we are. Yes, success by two. All right. You, with all your gears working on the docks, you tie a very secure knot. Legit knot. <laughs> okay. Well, why don't you go ahead and give me a uh, a swim test, please? I mean, what's the point of having the skill if you don't ever use it, right? I mean, this is... Not everybody can swim, so it's time to show off. Boom! Show yeah. off, I will. Succeed by four. I'm doing the, I'm doing the backstroke, baby. Uh, so you dive in, and uh, it's, it's cold, but um, it's not terribly rough. Uh, the river's not that strong. It's it's not that big of a river. Nothing like the other two that you were on. You know, you can barely have a, a small boat in here, not like any of the big river craft you're used to in the Empire. And uh, you, uh, you begin to swim across and you make it across without any sort of incident. Yes. And you reach the raft. Alright, uh, yes, like, uh, like one of those, like, poles, like you'd see, like, in Italy, where they use the canals. Oh, a gondola's pole? Yeah, yeah there you go. Ah, oh, molto bene. <laughs> yeah. uh, you recognize that, LaVolpe. Uh, <laughs> bring a young lady out in a nice moonlit night. <laughs> a flask of wine. <laughs> a rickety-ass raft. Of wine. Yeah. Um... um so uh, you can either give me a row check. If you don't have row, then just give me a strength test. I assume you're going to take the raft back across? Yeah. Okay. Um, they're the same. Okay. Do you have the row skill? I do. I might as well oh. use it. Let's use it. All right. Um, Boom! Succeed by oh, man. Look at all those green numbers. Can I? Can I just? Can we just pause and say like Firth has finally found his purpose in life here? Like, <laughs> why did we ever get this guy off the docks? <laughs> We're gonna go back to Talia and and open up a 
Well, I gotta say, let's uh, let's take this adventure to the high seas. He's he's even gonna sing a song as he's as, as he's rowing across, you know, like saying "Oh, solo mio." <laughs> uh, well, you you cross uh, rather efficiently and quickly, and um, there's no way you can bring the horse and the cart on the raft. Um, I mean, you guys can all barely fit on the raft. It's, it's just, they'll be too heavy and it's too big. So Kessler ties the, uh, you know, the horse to the, um, the pole with the, the bell and the rest of you, uh, hop on the raft and Firth, if you'll just give me another row test this time at plus 10. You got, here we go. Friend, your singing is like that of the angels. <laughs> Oh, come on. Succeed by two again. 20 identical roll. Same roll. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay. You get everyone across uh, very easily, and Kessler hands you your clothes when you guys get back across. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, yeah. I Like, seriously? Like, can, I, can I just get off now? Can I hang up now? <laughs> because it's, it's only going one direction from here. This is like the best roll. <laughs> best roll I've ever had. It is, man. Four in a row. Yeah. You gotta stand for yourself well out of here. Yeah. That's it. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> so as you cross the river, ahead of you is a large gate. Uh that's this thing right here. Um kind of like a freestanding gate. And there is a um there's a, a small plated uh like slab roof uh above the gate and a big archway. And just beyond that is, or underneath the um, the archway, the roof, basically, um, underneath that is a stone slab. And when you guys uh, walk through there, um, you would all probably recognize, and if not, Kessler explains, that's where they would put uh, a casket when bringing the body here to the, to the garden. And beyond that, you see there is uh, this right here, which appears to be a wide opening to a tunnel that seems to go underground. And you do see beyond that, that there is, um, you know, you don't see any actual entrance into the, um, the garden. You just see this massive wall that um, stretches on and on, and it's pretty large too. I mean, it's it's significant. The wall is almost uh, as impressive as the walls to the town. It's nothing to uh, shake to shake your finger at, um, but you don't see any opening. Um, I mean, obviously, you can only see the one side that you guys are looking from, but that does strike you as odd that there's no front gate through the actual walls. And uh, Waltrop points at the tunnel and says, that's that's the way in. I was afraid he was going to say that. I'm immediately suspicious of this. I'm sorry, what? I'm suspicious of this. All of us being lured into a dark tunnel might be nothing, but I don't know, it feels off to me. To add to your trepidation, there is a uh, a raven sitting above the tunnel on one of the poles on either side, and it uh, cocks its head at you more than cause. Of course. 
Um, you know, I realize that the uh, the winds here haven't been in my favor, but I just want to do a quick uh, winds check to see if I sense anything out of the ordinary as far as uh, the magic what's going on around here. Go ahead. Well, which is... Sorry, that's the skill. Uh, initiative test, apparently. Uh, pass by two. Okay. Uh, you do indeed sense some bit of stirring of the winds, um, especially coming in the, from the direction of the uh, the tower, or the, not the tower, the, the garden. And the other thing is, uh, as you guys approach, um, more thunder and, uh, and, and lightning strikes a little bit harder and a little bit louder. The rain comes down a little bit heavier. And it seems like lightning strikes uh, somewhere in the garden. Hmm, probably another piece of the stone is here. I am now... I'm now very intrigued. Uh, I will make a note that I did sense some magic coming from the graveyard as well. Or for the... Sorry, Garden of Moor. Um, so be, be aware of your surroundings. Something here is not as it seems. Kessler begins to light up a torch. Uh, as you guys look into this tunnel, I mean, it looks pitch black from out here. And he lights up a, a torch and takes the lead, uh, drawing one of his pistols as you guys enter. Uh, who enters after Kessler? Um, I mean, I I guess I can hobble around a little bit, but I, I'm staying towards the uh, back, and if I'm having trouble, I'm on... Uh using, I guess, coal as a a brace okay. or as a crutch. So I'll I'll be towards the back, but I'll keep my crossbow ready. All right, we'll have Kyle take up the rear then. So everyone, I'm assuming everyone enters, nobody stays back? I go. Yeah, do we bring, uh, we bring, is, we got that misfit guy with us still? Yeah, you... yes. Take a look around, Firth, and you realize he is nowhere to be seen. He was just with us a moment ago. You don't see him. Sneaky little git. Hmm. I don't like that. I am even more suspicious. Uh, can yeah. I... I have a dark vision, I believe, as being an elf. Um, just want to kind of take a look down this tunnel and just see if anything slightly ordinary, be it traps or hidey holes or something like that. Basically, I'm... I'm concerned there could be an ambush. So when you look down this tunnel, Mort, uh, strangely and unsettling to you, your dark vision does not seem to pierce it in the normal way that you are able to see in the dark. Um, It is almost Uh completely black to you. You can vaguely make out the shape of the person in front of you, and you can just, just see the light from Kessler's torch, but it's almost like the light, the to- the fire, the light of the torch is not giving off actual light. It's almost like it's swallowed by this darkness. It's like you can see it, but it's not emanating the way a torch should. You don't see the walls. You can't even like see Kessler holding it really like underneath it. It's just like a like a little glow of fire kind of bobbing up and down above him. Uh okay. I will try to dispel any magic around me. You do not sense 
any magic here that seems to be the cause of this darkness. Okay. So you don't even have to bother rolling. Okay. You can tell there's there's doesn't seem to be anything magical about it. Huh. Um, and for the other the others who do not have dark vision, uh, it is completely black in this tunnel. You can, like I said, you can almost see a tiny bit of the light from Kessler's torch, but it is not like a natural torch. It doesn't it doesn't look like it's, I guess, for lack of a better term, working properly. Mm-hmm. And so you all begin to make your way through this tunnel. And you find yourself, the walls are stone, uh, as is the ground, as you make your way down a few steps. And it gets unnaturally cold down here. Not just because you're in a tunnel, but there's something strange about it. The walk goes on for what seems like several minutes through the darkness. Um, You can hear the steps of your friends around you. And you can feel the, the wall if you have your hand up against it. Uh, but otherwise, it is eerie and disturbing. Could everybody please give me a cool test? Oh, back on form. I'm going to fortune that. <laughs> uh, I passed by one. Okay. Uh, I failed by one. Okay. Um... So the two of you hold your nerve fairly well. Lavolpe, this is unnatural to you. Something is not right. Um, Until otherwise, you are suffering from fear, which is Mm -hmm. basically going to be minus 10 to your tests. Okay. Um, And it's it's not like normal fear where it's against a single entity or enemy. It's Mm -hmm. mostly just the environment is really unnerving you. And you continue to make your way down this tunnel, and then you hear the sounds of squeaking and what sounds like flapping uh, of wings from above you all. And for those of you that hold your nerve, uh, it is unsettling, but a a swarm of bats, obviously roosting somewhere in here, uh, gets disturbed as Kessler's torch nears them and they go flying past your heads. Um, it's unsettling, but you hold your nerve. Lavolpe, you let out an audible shriek of fear as uh, these things fly past you, perhaps some of them hitting your hood, or uh, even getting caught on your hood and almost pulling it off as they try to free themselves. Um, and for a minute, you think again to like the forest, where you were. Um, you saw the swarm of uh, birds that the Beastman summoned, and you know you have a little bit of a panic attack as you feel like you're being swarmed by these things. Uh, you don't take any damage, uh, but it is, everybody notices and can hear you, and as soon as it begins, it's oh, over. As these uh, these bats fly out the tunnel, you hear Kessler say, hold your nerve. <laughs> I'm really glad I heard <laughs> Go see. Bats. Ugh. I hate bats. You continue through the tunnel, and after a few minutes, you reach the end. And when you get out of the tunnel, it is still dark in this room that you emerge into, but Kessler's torch seems to operate as normal, and this unnatural darkness seems to no longer bleed out into this area. It seems like it's 
really just uh, part of the, the tunnel itself for whatever reason. And you each see a two pillars on either side of the uh, the tunnel as you come out. Uh, one completely black and obsidian, and the other one a very pure white color. You find yourself standing in a somewhat circular... I'm sorry, not circular. Um, kind of a rectangular room. And it looks a little bit like this. You find yourselves in this area, and you realize you are in some sort of temple. Uh, it's a stone structure. You can't tell if you're underground or above ground anymore. Um, there are no windows or anything like that. Uh, but you can see along the walls there are sconces where torches can uh, be held and be lit. Kessler lights one of the other torches and hand, hands one to you, Firth. The floor has a bit of a checkerboard pattern to it, much much like the pillars matching the black and white. And about 50 feet ahead of you, over here, you can see an altar. The altar is decorated with stone skulls, and a, a low beer sits next to it. Um, a beer is the thing that you see at the funeral home that the casket sits on, the wooden thing that can roll around. Um, you see, obviously, one of those for a casket to be put, or a coffin in this case, um, to be put there. And next to that is a small font that appears to be filled with some sort of liquid. And alongside the walls here, here and here, running along the walls, there are um, there are six large, heavy black drapes hanging that seem to be acting as doors to little, perhaps, chambers or rooms or alcoves. You can't tell because all the curtains are currently drawn closed. Beyond the altar, you can see a huge black door that appears to lead uh, further into the garden. What does everyone do? Uh, I'll inspect the liquid, see what it is. Okay. It appears to be a clear uh, liquid. It looks like it is water. Just checking. Lavope, um, do you have any sort of religion skills or talents? That I see. You could give me no. an intelligence test at minus... Considering you're not from the Empire, minus 20. All right. Try for that. Uh, I do not pass. You're not sure what significance it may hold. Between being in, uh, you know, another country and another, um, another god's temple, you're not sure. It is nice that they leave water out for people to drink. <laughs> do you drink any? No. I don't trust it that much. It's got schlaff in it or something. <laughs> Schlaff's everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When you say that, Kessler says, it's a font of holy water. The priest will use it to bless the body before they take it in for burial. And uh, he walks over to you, 
and you see he opens up uh, his jacket, and he's got um, you know a thing on the inside where he can uh, have a couple items kind of hanging, kind of like the merchant in Resident Evil. And uh, oh, yeah. he, he opens up his jacket, and he actually... What are you telling? <laughs> he pulls out two, uh, two little glass vials, and he hands them to you, and he says, you should fill these. Might come in handy. All right, I do so without asking questions. And he continues to kind of look around the room. Firth, Mort, what are you two doing? I'm going to look at there the... were... oh, Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. You said there were like six side rooms? Is that what you said? Yes, there are these large black curtains that are drawn, basically acting as doors to these side rooms, three on each side. I'll also kind of peel back the curtains and kind of look inside the rooms one by one. Yeah, I'll go to whatever the opposite side is from, from more. Okay. And uh I I'll go with uh I'll go with Firth. Oh you're you're filling up the water right now. Oh, okay, so. got it. Um so you you each look and uh Firth you open yours up. Both of you see basically the same thing. Behind this curtain is a small little room, uh, maybe six or seven feet long, barely as wide as that, almost like the size of like a little prison cell. It's not very big. Uh, but inside this room, there is a um, a stone um, a stone slab uh, laid out. And you can see that along the uh, the the rim, uh, the outline of the uh, the slab is like a little divot or trench that seems to run around it. And at the foot of each of these, there is a uh, a hook sticking out that is holding a bucket. And uh, there's a bucket underneath, and you can see directly above where the bucket hangs underneath the foot end of this slab, there is uh, a small hole, um, maybe about two to four inches wide, uh, that this little divot or channel seems to end in. And along the walls, you see all sorts of um, tools, medical tools, and vats, you know, big glass vats and jars that hold some sort of strange looking liquid, kind of uh, in most cases, kind of like an amberish, orangish liquid. Is this an embalming room? It very well is. Yes. Mm. I don't know what the customs of the elves are, but yes. My character may not know that, but sorry, I just asked that. <laughs> uh, you know, you guessed it. Um, yeah. That's what you're assuming. Um, and Matt, the reason you probably assume that is because on the slab of the table that you are looking at, there is, in fact, a body of a deceased individual. Oh. A, uh, an older-looking woman. Um, she, uh, is covered with a black sheet up to her shoulders, and she looks quite dead. Her skin is very pale and, and just, you know, not very colored. Um, you can see there is, uh, the stains of coagulated blood in the bucket, 
the table itself looks like it's been relatively cleaned. And you can see her hair has been washed and brushed. Um, so it it has a bit of a clean, peaceful look to it. it seems strange they would leave a corpse unattended sitting on a table like this. Uh, uh, you've never been in a funeral home, have you, Matt? <laughs> I mean, no, I, I have not. <laughs> Uh, Mort, you see the exact same thing, except there is no body on the table mm-hmm. that you are looking at. Firth, you mean? I'm sorry, Firth. Okay. They have six mm-hmm. rooms to embalm people? Seems... Apparently, apparently so. Do you Seems check ex- any of the others? I, I mean, yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm not going to start poking around with your instrument. I'm, but... Yeah, am I aware of what Mort is seeing and that I'm, like... Are we communicating to each other? Is, is uh... I mean, you guys are basically just several feet across from each other. Okay. Not, I, I assumed you kind of both went to the first drape on either side of the wall. Yeah, I wasn't. I just wasn't sure how wide. I guess this room is. Um. There's probably about four to six feet between the two of you. Okay. Um. Well, with, you know, being aware of what he's just seen, I'm, you know, kind of thinking like, well, someone was here relatively recently. Like this, this didn't, these things didn't get here themselves, right? Like the body wasn't put here or was put here rather by somebody. Like, I mean, I, I mean, there was the recent, you know, attack in the city with the, the town guard that was killed, but this person. Oh, do we, yeah, do we recognize the person? No, it's, it's an old woman. lady. Yeah. You do not recognize her. Yeah, but like, yeah, I guess that's what I mean. It wasn't like an old lady from like the farm or something. Uh, I guess yeah. I'll look at like the table. Is there like some sort of document or something like that? You know, some sort of like personal ID or clipboard or know, something like that? This is, hey, this is subject to whatever or whatever. There is not. So unorganized. <laughs> Not my place to disturb the dead. I guess I'll just leave it be and check out the next room. Do you, uh, uh, Firth, are you checking another one as well? Or are you just yeah. looking to do yeah, this? Yeah. Okay. Do you close the drapes or leave the drapes open? I, I close mine. I mean, I'll leave it as I found it. Okay. Firth? Yeah, yeah, I think that's the kind of thing he would do. Okay. Leave things where you found them. All right. Uh, you each open your next uh, your next room, and uh, first, this time it is you who has, finds a body upon the slab. Uh, this one of a middle aged man that you do not recognize. More to your slab is empty. Okay. I'm getting like vibes, like the Game of Thrones vibes, where they're like the uh, faceless people or whatever. That, that's that's a good image. Yes, uh, I guess it does look somewhat like that. Can I ask Kessler about uh, the holy water? Sure. What do you During ask the time, I was just going to ask him. You know, I, I'll say like, do you use these to purify, or what is the purpose? He uh, he nods when you say purify, and he answers, when the priests are preparing the bodies for the burials, they'll use these waters to bless them, give them more blessings so that they will 
make it to the afterlife peacefully, ward away evil spirits, uh, consecrate the corpses to make sure they don't come back from the dead. However... I could have used some of this last night. Yes, yeah. He he shakes his head, like, you know, nods it like exactly, and he's like, if we run into more undead, true blessed holy water can be a potent weapon, especially against the lesser ones. Lavope looks at his crossbow and looks at the water and, like, puts two and two together, sort of, like, wait a minute. Without saying anything, I'm just making a Mm-hmm. Funny, I could but... do like a thief-esque water arrow with holy water. Oh uh, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. He, uh, Kessler continues and says it might not hap- help against something like a full vampire, but against lesser undead, it can be quite potent. Oh my God, you have made a water arrow. He uh, he takes one of the vials, but he lets you keep the other one. Sweet. So yes, you have one I'll vial. Tuck it away in my cloak. Firth and Mort, do you check the third and final room? So we should. Well, Firth, it's just not your lucky day, as you are the one that finds yet another corpse. Uh, this one of a young girl. Oh uh, no! Yeah, this is not sitting well with Firth. He was kind of traumatized by the fact that they hung the first one, and then that he had to kill her again. <laughs> The next night, you you are definitely having a little bit of flashbacks. Well, yeah. do you know are they people that were being prepared for burial? Do they look like or like yes. they don't look like sacrifices? No, 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 no. They are definitely not sacrifices. Um, Firth, with with all that has transpired, I'm going to need you to give me a cool test when you look upon this, yeah. this corpse. I feel I personally need to make calls. Uh, cool test. 29. All right. It's disturbing, but you hold your nerve and, uh, and swallow it back down. Yeah. Yep. Um, Mort, would you please give me a perception test? This is, this is sound based, if that matters. You can you see you're breaking up a little bit. We're getting a lot of static when you talk. Sorry, I'm I stepped away from my computer for a little bit. Okay. Uh, let me. Sorry, it says perception. Yes. Uh, fail by zero. The two of you are kind of looking in your rooms. Uh, Firth a little disturbed at finding yet another body of a child, and Mort, you know, just trying to kind of piece together all this stuff that's here, and um, you don't notice until. You hear the sound right behind you, Matt. But you hear uh, the very faint sound of something being dragged along the floor uh, pretty much directly behind you. I will immediately turn and kind of point my staff at it. Uh, As you turn, you see the body of the woman that you saw on the slab is now made her way towards you and the um the sheet has fallen away revealing her entire naked dead skin and hot you don't even uh <laughs> have a chance to react as somehow she's gotten right up on top of you without you noticing her and she 
her jaws um, looks like she's trying to open her mouth and she really can't. And just kind of between her lips, which are barely parting, you can hear a bit of a moan escape through them, but a muffled moan. And she reaches out to grab you. Please give me a defensive roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, fail by one? Perhaps because you're taken by surprise and not expecting this, she grabs you pretty much by, like, the shoulders and uh, lunges at you. And as she does, uh, she knocks you to the ground and you're on your back. You're trying to fend her off and she's on top of you. And she is ice cold to the touch. And there's a disgusting kind of cracking noise as she's moving her limbs. Mm. Uh, You can tell that they are very, very stiff. And it seems like as her corpse is getting more animated, you can hear this cracking noise. Not of bones, uh, but some other type of cracking noise. And as she throws you to the ground and lands on top of you, you can see that her mouth is finally able to open and you can see the string or or cord or wire that was used to keep her mouth closed in the embalming process has torn free and you see a big part of her gums have just ripped free of her mouth, revealing disgusting, dirty teeth, uh, which she basically latches onto your, uh, tries to latch onto your shoulder. Um, so she bites you or attempts to, I should say. And this hit is coming to the body. Do I get any sort of defensive roll against this? You already had your defensive roll. So this is a second attack, I guess. Uh, no, this is all part of the, the one attack okay. here. Okay. Um, it is going to be a total of six damage to your body. Okay. Stings! So, part of it is, um, is the bite. Um, I mean, she doesn't rip totally through your clothes, but she does bite down hard enough where she draws blood, and you can definitely feel it. Uh, the other part of the damage, though, is just from being knocked onto the stone floor, and it's a hard fall, and with her on top of you... It doesn't make it any easier. At this point, you all see and hear this, and you turn to see uh, this naked corpse has knocked Mort to the ground and has sunk her teeth into his shoulder. I would like get this to, thing off me! I would like everyone to please give me an initiative test. Dun, 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 dun. Or I should say initiative roll. Actual initiative this time. Why do I always struggle with this? <laughs> there we go. 13. Success. Okay. All right. Apparently Kessler is first to act, and he rushes over to you, Mort, taking out his sword. Looks like he thinks twice about trying to hit the thing while it's so close to you. Uh, he tries to pull it off of you, and doesn't quite get her all the way off. So he's kind of somewhat grappling her, but she, her hands are locked and like kind of starting to tear uh, your, um, 
the clothes around your your shoulders and arms um, as she's just locked onto you. Uh, so he's grappling her right now. Mm, Firth. Uh, immediately turning around and smashing uh, the person on the slab in front of me. <laughs> okay, are you using your, your boat hook? Yeah. Damn, son. I know, it's ice cold, but... Well, uh, you will have a plus 30 to hit since uh, this uh, this target is not moving. Uh, and this is just basic melee? With your, your, um, yeah, with your hook. Yeah. Uh, success by four. Okay. Oh, wait, so what is that? Oh, God. Sorry. Uh, All right. I need, I need to just do that the old-fashioned way, didn't I? It's all right, so just be strength bonus, plus weapon, plus four. Uh, four, seven, and... Another four for your success levels. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and what area did you hit? The 73. 37 reverse to 73, which is... Anyone? The Anyone? body. It's always the body. All right. Well, assuming, uh, since this thing is still, and you are... Uh, I wasn't aiming for the head. Yeah, but... that's fine. You'd still hit it anyway, even with uh, any modifiers. So, you strike this thing in the head, and as you do, you see the eyes open, revealing colorless pupils, basically a whitish-gray in the eyes. Um, and the arms slowly reach up, but much like the one that Mord is fighting, it seems that this corpse is stiff as a board, and you can again hear this light cracking in its limbs. Uh, it is not dead, but um, it uh, it reacts rather slowly, and very little blood, if any, comes out of the wound uh, when you hit this thing. Mort. Well, I try to throw this thing, this chick off me with Castaway's assistance. Okay. Well, go ahead and give me a uh, strength. I'm sorry, brawling. This is oh. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh. Okay, it's not as bad as I thought. Uh, do I get any bonuses with Kessler being there? Um. Basically, you have outnumbering, which means um, this thing would lose advantage every turn, as long as it's outnumbered. Okay, so then I fail by two. And you have a critical fail. Yeah, okay, yeah, critical fail. Um, You know, I'm just going to use my reroll on that. Okay. There we go, pass by two. A wise choice. Uh, as a critical failure would have probably been disastrous. Uh, you are successful in throwing this thing off of you, but uh, almost with Kessler still grabbing her, you kind of push the both of them back. Uh, they stumble to the floor, no longer grappling, and you are able to uh, get back up off the off the ground. Okay, that's 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 an improvement. <laughs> <laughs> start baby steps. Lavolpe. Uh now that I. Do I see any other movement? Because I know I didn't personally see the other bodies in the room. Um, so, uh, do I see anything else moving in the room or just this commotion? 
As a matter of fact, you do. You see one other curtain starting to move as if something is behind it coming out into the hallway. Oh, dear. All right. I'm going to try and... Uh... Yeah, it's the dude that uh, I saw. That must be the, the little girl. Yeah, great. Fighting little girl zombies. Uh, yeah, I'll... I'll uh... I'll try and attack it before it, uh, before okay, it emerges. Are you, are you shooting the crossbow? I think, yeah, I'll try shooting the crossbow at it first. I'll try keeping my distance so I don't get the bogged down. Okay. Well, it's a slow-moving thing, and uh, you can obviously wait until you have a bit of a more clear shot. They go next. Uh, so you just wait, you know, a second or two, and this thing shambles from one of the middle... Um, embalming chambers, and basically you see the the curtain, you know, kind of getting moved forward. As obviously this thing doesn't pull the curtain aside, it just walks through it until it eventually goes up over its head, and then you see uh, the form of the the middle aged man who stumbles into the hall and turns towards the sounds of the fight and raises his arms and starts to move towards your companions. Awesome. Pretty um, much a clear shot though, because. Mort and Firth are both in their respective rooms, and Kessler and the other zombie are on the floor. So I I passed. I got a twenty, and then that is a. It's uh... a headshot, ain't it? Okay. Yeah, because a twenty becomes a two. Right. Okay. Nicely done. All right. Cool. Uh, damage on a crossbow is nine, if I recall. Yes, yeah. nine. Plus your success levels of how much? Uh, well, it's just passing, uh, because I need a 25. Okay, this still counts as one, so it's plus one. Okay, cool. All right, well, um, much like you learned in the inn, the head seems to be the weak point on these things, and you line up the shot perfectly, the bolt breaks through the front of its skull, uh, gets stuck and lodged as it comes out the back of the skull, and just as soon as this thing turned and entered the hall, it stops moving and collapses to the ground on its back with a heavy thud and stops moving. Satisfying. Uh, you get two advantage for that, by the way. Nice. Uh, Mort, or not Mort. Uh, Mort, you have an advantage because you won the grapple, and Firth, you have an advantage for your hit. Don't forget Thank that. Nope. Next round, uh, Kessler draws his sword and attacks the creature. And scores a hit, and once again you see um, you see a bit of of uh, like a, a smoke come from his sword when it sears the flesh of this thing. Not quite to the effect that it did with the vampire, but still uh, obviously having some sort of effect. Uh, it does not stop it, but he does damage it. Uh, Firth, uh, yeah, I've still got some. Uh... Basically, this. This one that you hit, uh, it, it tries to like grab you, but its arms can't even reach you, and it's it's still trying to kind of reanimate, so to speak. So right. you have another chance to attack before it's able to do anything. Aim for the head again. All right. Um, there is no uh, nothing really stopping you. Uh, what's your total damage there? That is another eleven damage to the right arm this time. Okay, so. This time it's struggling, so you're not able to get a clean hit on its head. Uh, you basically, it, it, as it's trying to grab you with its hands, you drive the boat hook through one of its palms, and then just as the force of your blow 
then hits it in the chest. And um, at that point, the thing stops struggling as you've kind of pinned its hand to its chest and the unnatural light in its eyes kind of dies out. Its head kind of just slides to one side. Am I, still, am I still holding a torch? I'm assuming so, yeah. Can Unless I, you drop it for any reason. Can I put it to the torch, so to speak? Yes, you can. I do. All right. Mort. All right, well, I definitely want to get rid of this zombie lady in front of me, so I'll take out the old trusty staff. That yeah. you know, worked out pretty well last time. Uh, zombie Slayer? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> get another notch in there. Yeah, let's give it a good thwack, right? See how that All goes. Right. Oh, that's the day. Fell by three. Oh, it actually passed its, its skill. Um, you go to hit this thing, Matt, and uh, you just swing wildly uh, in an attempt to try to smash its head and just go stumbling past it. Uh, as it's on the ground, so you're you know you just kind of lose your footing. Today's not more today. No, no. Lavolpe, it is your turn again. All right. Um, what else is there? I guess I could uh, help um, help Firth out with his. Was I'm Firth. sorry. I lo- I lost track of. Is there another one unengaged? There's not. Uh no, just the one that Mort and Kessler are fighting. All right. Uh I'll I'll try and um I'm not going to shoot at it, but I'll uh get closer and try and stab it, and try and help okay. him out. Give me an attack roll, please. All right. Uh this one I pass by one. Uh it also passed by one, so you win cuz you're the attacker. I have the two advantage. Oh. So I pass yep. by at three then, technically, right? Yep. Yep. Okay, cool. So um, for damage then, so I hit the uh, the right arm, mm-hmm. and then I do um, seven plus, so ten damage. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, nine damage. Nine? Okay, you hit it, and uh, you basically chop right through an arm, and the arm comes clean off and just plops to the ground. Take that, your arm. Uh, it, uh, let's see, the zombie continues to go for Mort. Mort, please give me your defensive roll. Do I still have my advantage or no, because I failed the test? Uh, no, because you failed your test. Okay. You can do this, Mort. It doesn't have any advantage either, though. Uh, fail by two. Jesus. Come on. Get your head in the game, Mort. I'm so spooked by this thing. It, uh, it also failed, but it failed by two as well. So, uh... it, uh, it wins the fight. And it's going to hit you in the 37. (laughs) Not my 37. That's my safety place. (laughs) Uh, So as you stumble past it, it reaches out, uh, grabs your wrist, and chomps down on your arm. Uh, You take another six points of damage. 
Okay. This time it uh, it rips through part of your your sleeve and rips away fabric and flesh as it bites into your arm. Okay. I hope these aren't the infecty type zombies. <laughs> uh, Kessler rushes to help you. He scores a hit, and he hits it in the. Oh, it's an eighty. Uh, he hits it in the head as well, and basically, with this thing still like latched onto your arm, you see his sword. Uh, he he does like a, a fencer's lunge and goes through one temple and out the other, and the light in its eyes goes out. Its jaws go slack, and it just crumples to the ground with a chunk of your flesh and robe still in its mouth. And just like that, the corpses are silent. Firth, the one that you put the torch to, um, at first, doesn't look like it's doing anything, and then uh, it goes up in flames almost instantly, uh, rather surprisingly. And you can smell the stench uh, very soon of burning flesh Mm -hmm. and of uh, chemicals mixed in the air. Ye old chemicals. I'll, I'll uh, make the rounds and go ahead and... <laughs> uh, I, I will immediately... I'll, I'll grab the nearest torch I see and I'll just try to cauterize my wounds. Just I, I'm very concerned of disease. I just want to try to burn it as quickly as, as I can. Even if it means taking some, some damage. That's intense. What if we put the holy water on Oh, it? that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Probably a little less painful. Yeah, but Matthias... Kind of puts his hand on on yours as you try to grab the torch from him, and uh, he brings you over to the font and uh, says, "This is going to sting like hell." Okay, uh, go ahead and give me a uh, endurance test, please. Uh, skill, I believe so. It is okay. <laughs> Not a good one. <laughs> 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 Uh, Mort, you have never felt such pain in your life uh, as he doubt, you know, basically pushes your, your forearm under the water. Um, it is like a thousand acidic daggers digging into your flesh, um, and you let out a scream of pain uh, that puts Lavolpe's scream of terror to shame. <laughs> um, and... Uh, Mort, um, because of the the critical, you actually pass out from the pain. Okay. Uh, You guys see Mort, uh, like, screams, and basically, as far as you can tell, like, almost faints. Uh, Kessler manages to catch him and keep him from hitting the ground too hard, uh, and lays him down, and um, Vlavope, he calls you over uh, to help him fix up his wounds. Uh, I will do so, and I'll... uh... Try and roll well. Uh, you don't need to roll. He basically just has you um, like keep him still and you know make sure he's breathing and uh, you know uh-huh. he tosses you his canteen and you know tells you to put you know a, a, some water on a cloth and, and dab his head you know and he starts tending to the wound on his arm. The one on his shoulder is not too bad. It's um, you know he, he cleans it up a little bit. You know he disinfects it, but the one on his arm he starts to um, uh, fix up. I'll ask what would what is happening to the wound is it just infection from the undead or you know what what happens if it's not treated he says it depends on the undead 
Sometimes it means a death sentence. Other times it just means you're missing flesh. He says, as far as him passing out, uh, I think between you and me, that's just because he's an elf. <laughs> you see a, a wry smile. <sighs> Cole, Cole heard that too, and he's laughing. <laughs> Kessler's like, dude, even an elf lord is toughness three. Come on. Um, toughness three. <laughs> it's in the book. Go read it. Um, what is the toughness of an elf lord three? Uh, it's okay, Mort. You are healed, and you are healed for soon as my computer works. Uh, I believe it's intelligence bonus, correct? We do this every week and I can never remember. I believe it's intelligence bonus plus success levels. Seems like a lot. Uh, it's like most games. Healing is a bit, uh, you know, disbelief required. Yep, intelligence bonus plus success levels. He didn't have any uh, well, he had one success level, I guess, so it's going to be a total of five. Okay. That puts me almost at full. Uh, but you are still passed out for now. Sure. Um, it's quite painful. Mm. And at that, the chamber is quiet, other than the crackle of flames, and much like the first body first, the other two, when you light them up, they take a second, and then it seems the flames... Uh, react to the chemicals in the body and it goes up instantly. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say, I hate this town. And embalming chemicals are flammable, I take it? Oh, be the expert here. They could be, for sure. Apparently the ones this priest uses are. And uh, yeah, they go up in like a little small fireball around their body and the uh, stench of the... um, They don't burn for very long. Uh, the stench of the burning flesh and the smoke quickly fills this room, uh, making you all kind of gag a little bit. Um, but otherwise, there is no other movement, and the ominous black door looms ahead of you. Uh, is there anything else flammable around? Or maybe Perhaps in- some of the... Well, there's the curtains, and um, the uh, perhaps some of the chemicals, though you're not sure which ones. I don't really have time to experiment with those, I don't think. Um, yeah, I'll rip a curtain off and just... Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with it exactly, but I'm going to have a handy to chuck on, like, I don't know, if I need to build a little fire. Okay. So wait, there's a, there's a door at the far end? Of the, yeah, there's that door. Yep. Yes, uh, it's large. It is solid black, like the one pillar in the room. And it looks, uh, it is um, decorated with winged skulls and death's, he- death's heads and just the general uh, iconography of more. And you can tell that this is the door that leads into the actual garden itself. Uh, I'm ready to go through. Mort, give me another endurance test, please. Okay. Don't turn, Mort. Stay with us. Don't go into the light. Let's see the dice decide. 
Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, failed by two. Well, it's not a fumbling failure. You you are still unconscious. Uh, so he uh, Matthias tells Call to uh, to carry you and grumble. It, really, Call. it can't be someone else. I have no say in this. <laughs> he uh, Call throws uh, throws him over his shoulder. Says, "All right, let's go." So, unless you have anything else to do, you'll press further on into the garden. Very well, then. So, you try the door, and to your surprise, it is not locked, and it opens with a large creak and a moan as it slowly swings open. You find yourselves... um, door itself is in the wall of the that surrounds the garden and you're at the top of a small set of steps like four or five steps that go down until you're to the ground floor um kind of like if you were on like a porch of a house so you have a bit of a raised view of the garden the very very far end you can see a large building which you're guessing is some sort of crypt or mausoleum In the center of the garden, between the door and the entrance to the mausoleum, there is a paved stone path, as you can kind of see on here. And in the very center of the garden, you can see a a marker for some sort of uh, tomb or grave that clearly stands out as unique amongst the others uh, in the garden. Otherwise, you see a variety of tombstones, headstones, markers throughout here, which has to have hundreds of graves. And some of them are large, obviously personal crypts for you know noble and rich families. And others are very simple, uh, either typical tiny headstones with barely a name and a date engraved on them, or something more elaborate. Uh, statues and things like that. There are a couple trees. Uh, Most of them uh, appear rather dead or untended. And throughout the garden, especially along the walls, there are very uh, elaborate twists of rose bushes. And they snake all along the walls, uh, but what stands out, Mort, you're you're familiar with this, but La Volpe and everyone else that that would see it that's not from the Empire, all of the roses here are black. They are not red, and they're not black from being dead. They are actually black roses, uh, which is very strange to non-imperialize. What do you all do? I've never seen one before, and since I guess I'm. Sort of an amateur like herbalist or knowing about plants, I will examine one and I will ask Kessler what they are if he knows the roses. He does. He says the priests of Moore specifically garden these things. They are also used as a means to keep the dead at rest. And then he kind of waves his hand, you know, like, hence why the entire walls are carpeted with these things. 
I think yeah. that's very interesting. Um, yeah, it's I'm I'm very interested in learning that. I find it fascinating. Is this but, the kind uh, of stuff? I that... wonder if it's superstition or it actually does keep them at rest. But uh, Kessler, the way he talks, you know, you don't get the vibe of superstition from him. Uh, but then again, mm-hmm. he is not a priest of more, so perhaps speaking with one would be the better alternative. You're guessing that he knows this stuff more because of his profession, not because he is a, uh, obviously, you know, he's a Sigmarite. He's not a Morite. Right. I'm sorry, Firth, you were going to ask something? Uh, yeah, just like what level, like, would would Firth know any of this? Is this like common knowledge in the Empire, or is this uh um, go ahead and give, you can give me an intelligence test at plus 20. Oh, intelligence, huh? do live in a fairly large city, so. Yeah, I got it, by nothing. Yes, yes, you know that, um, the, the Black Rose is another symbol of more, and they are commonly used at the funerals and to decorate the gardens. Um, you have heard that they are used to... Uh, you know, keep evil spirits out, but that is perhaps it. Hmm. Okay. So there's no, do there look to be like any, I guess I would start walking to this, is this building that's on the far end somewhere we would find uh, brother, um, brother I keep wanting to say brother grab. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you are assuming so that appears to be the only, the only building. Um, I suggest we head towards there cautiously. Try not to stir any more dead. Okay. You begin to make your way down the pathway, and eventually you get to the large monument in the center. Mm-hmm. And here, basically, you can see at the base of this this tall statue, uh, you can see that there's like a thing that goes around it, and that is actually a um, basically, a solid uh, bush of roses that encircle the structure, and the structure itself is a basically a large marker to a tomb, and it looks like it sits on top of the resting place of someone. Um, do you have read and write, Lavolpe? I do not. Okay, and Firth, you don't either, do you? Do not. No. Kessler is able to read out. Uh, that this marks the resting place of the hero Stickhelm that you've heard about throughout the town, the man whose statue you saw back in the center of Stromdorf. There's a small epitaph of his written on the, the towards the bottom on the side that basically um, uh, kind of a, a recounts his uh, his deeds in a little bit. Do we remember hearing any stories about him? I don't... Yes. Um, you had heard that he had saved... Uh, well, remember, the statue in the town said Savior of Our Town. Mm-hmm. And right. uh, you had heard a rumor that he had saved the town from a horde of undead generations ago. So did, he, did, he didn't fight um, the necromancer, though. No, the and necromancer was periods. no. The necromancer was yeah, much more recent. Um, yeah, okay, that's what it sounded like. And 
everybody can give me a perception test at plus 20. I assume you mean everyone but me? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> you can have a dream about it. <laughs> Succeed by two. Level A? I, I pass by one. You both notice that there are small specks of a whitish powder on some of the roses. And you kind of follow those and you realize there on one side that you don't originally see when you first walk up to it, there is clear damage to the tomb. And it looks like uh, at towards the top, there are uh, there's a section that appears to be cracked and broken. And it looks like a, a piece of it, the marker is gone. Mm. Kind of following that, you can see that it looks like something heavy was dragged through the mud nearby, leading towards the mausoleum. And uh, Firth, as as Lavolpe kind of follows that trail a little bit and sees what's going on, you notice at the base of the tomb uh, on one of the, the far side away from you, uh, you see that the entirety of the tomb itself, where the body would have been placed, uh, is completely smashed open. And there is a good-sized hole in the tomb itself. Oh, boy. And you can see rubble of the stone along the, the ground around the opening to this hole. Hmm. So the tomb, I'll go ahead and kind of peek in. Presume the tomb's empty. It is. You see a, a stone slab where a body would have been laying, and there is nothing in there. I presume that the, the trail of the heavily dragged thing is kind of coming this direction, more or less? Like, like the body itself was the, the, the thing that had been dragged? Hard to tell. You're not or sure. His entire or his coffin. Something, yes. Something definitely heavy. Uh, yeah, obviously I'm, I'm reporting this. Um, Kessler says, I think there's more undead, or uh, more necromantic work here. Yeah, let's see. Oh boy! You all can, can you can you ping me where we are exactly in this thing? Is you this are the standing. Right? You're standing in the next... middle, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's what I thought, but I just yep. I wanted to be sure that I didn't. You guys can give me another perception test, uh, and Mort, give me another endurance test, please. Ooh, I pass uh, by two degrees for perception. Any uh, any modifiers in this, or just straight up? Straight up. Fail. I am dreaming. Okay. And, uh... I'm sorry, Lavolpe, you failed or passed? I passed by two. So, you see over here, behind one of the uh, tombs, one of the statues, you see the familiar silhouette of Waltrop kind of peeking his head out, looking at you guys. Hey, you over there. Where did you disappear to? He, again with this kind of stupid grin of like a child, uh, 
kind of jumps out from behind and uh, rushes up to you guys, and he says, um, "Well, I, I I took I took the secret path. I, I don't like to use the tunnel; it's scary." Well, I agree with him on that, obviously. But, uh... <laughs> this man's a genius. I, I just kind of shudder. I'm like, hmm, yes, he's scary. Secret path from where to where? Ah, uh, oh, from outside to in here. Did you find Brother Crab yet? No, we have not. We were going to check this building at the far end. And when he asks that, he has like a look of excitement on his face. And when you when you say no, you can see almost like a, um, again like a child. Uh, he looks really like sad and worried when you say no. Have you? I'll ask him. Have you showed anyone else inside your secret passage through here? Um, and he looks like a kid who's been caught, like, in a lie or, like, caught stealing candy from, like, a cookie jar, you know, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. He's like, uh, no. Well, it seems someone has come in here and done some bad things to this mausoleum in the middle. Is it a mausoleum or... The, no, this is a tomb. This is definitely like a tomb. Okay, just a tomb. All right. Film, yeah. If you showed someone in here, they may have done some harm. He shakes his head profusely, like, no, I, I never showed anybody. Do I... St- can I make a perception check? Do I feel like he's... Intuition. Intuition? You feel like he's... He's lying. Uh, I roll a 4%. So that is by, I succeed by, uh, three degrees. Seems to be telling the truth to you. Okay. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, this guy to you seems like if he was trying to lie, you'd be obviously able to tell it. He does not hmm. seem smart enough to come up with like an elaborate lie to you. Gotcha. All right. Uh, As you guys have I'll, entered... I'll keep one eye on him. But... Okay. As you guys have entered the garden, you have noticed uh, another couple lightning strikes, uh, and they you can tell they have struck the mausoleum several times. Huh. Uh, so is can we search inside? Uh, do we find anything else? No, the tomb is completely empty. You you can barely mm. fit through the opening. Actually, it would be well then. Fit. Interesting. Could he? So noticing that it's been hit by lightning, obviously Mort isn't isn't there. But I'll talk amongst the group and just say, you know, try and put two and two together. If you know, is would it have been possible he was buried with part of that stone, or maybe that was the reason it was plundered from here? I just put in the idea for the group. Kessler seems to think that might be a plausible idea. Um, I suppose. He says I'm I'm no wizard, but any sort of magical energy gathered can be used to perform all sorts of tasks and strange events. I've never heard of uh, the celestial magic being used to raise the dead, but 
I suppose it's possible. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, can, seems, it seems plausible can, to you. All right. I mean, I'll start, you know, unless anyone else has any other ideas, I'll start, you know, cautiously making our way over to that building on the far side, but also keeping an eye on uh, a little friend. Okay, so as this is happening, another bolt of lightning strikes the mausoleum, and you hear Waltrop, uh, I'm sorry, Waltrout, he gives out a loud gasp, like a, a, a shock, and uh, you see that he's looking past Eula Volpe further into the garden, and um, when you turn, you see a few figures shambling out of the shadows behind some of these tombs and headstones towards you guys. Uh, And you quickly all realize that as you look around, there are bodies digging themselves up out of the dirt and rising from their graves and shambling towards you guys. Well, now we know that the black flowers do not work so well. And, uh, I, I mean, maybe I'm going to start making my way towards the building still to try and seek shelter in there. I think we should fight all these guys out in the open. Yeah, Kessler, Kessler shouts, make, you know, get to the mausoleum. And, uh, you all, <laughs> um, <laughs> I knew it as soon as I said it. Uh- yeah. I love it. Um, so you all begin running towards the mausoleum. Uh, everybody, please give me an athletics check. Nope. Can I make one for call? I already made one for I'm him. rerolling okay. mine. Ah, much I'm going to go ahead and use my second reroll, too. Okay. Nope. Uh, I keep in mind too. I know that um, there's a trillion rules to remember in this game, but keep in mind that you can also burn a fortune point um, before you make a roll to automatically. Um, I'm sorry. You can you can uh, you can do the reroll, or you can uh, get plus one success level after you roll. Um, mm-hmm. And also, oh, you can burn a resilience point to choose the result of a test. But uh, resilience points are the ones that are really hard to get back. Right. Um, That you want to save for, like, big combat sometimes. Probably, yeah. Okay, so um, first you re-rolled? Yeah, I still failed by two, though. Two? Okay, well, that's better than failing by three. Um, however, you are the slow one in the group to react. Everybody else is making good headway to the mausoleum. However, there are more and more bodies rising out of the ground and stumbling into the path towards you guys. And you quickly, uh, find your path blocked. You have to try to zigzag through some of these things and you're going to take some attacks of opportunity as they try to grab onto you. Go ahead and, uh, give me a defensive roll, please. Just straight up melee, basic melee. Oh, what, I mean, same thing with your with your boat hook. 
Oh, yeah. 41. Success. Okay. One of these things uh, does reach out to you and almost grabs you, but you bat its hand away and um, you catch up to the rest of the group as they make it to the uh, the mausoleum. Kessler gets to the door and throws it open, uh, urging everyone inside. And as the undead swarm around the entrance to the mausoleum, he slams the door shut. And uh, it's got one of those big iron bars to put in front of it, which he slams down on top of it. You can hear the sounds of uh, the undead outside banging against the door, but uh, it's unlikely they're going to get in. Yes, but what if we locked ourselves in with? So you um, find your... Walt Sorry, with us? I was yes. just going to say, is Walt Okay. Yes. Uh, he looks terrified. <laughs> um, so, you find yourselves in another building that is quite dark, and only the light of your torches illuminates things. And um, there are more sconces if anybody else wants to grab a torch. And Mort, go ahead and give me another endurance test. Please. Okay. You can do it, Mort. grab a torch. Okay. This is straight endurance the modifications? Correct. <laughs> I Mort. <laughs> Mort. This is uh, a pretty quiet session for Mort. <laughs> it's okay. I've been keeping track of other things as this has been going on, so it's been getting easier. Uh, at this point, um, Kyle splashes some uh, some water in your face, and he you know kind of you know smacks your face a little bit, and you finally finally snap out of it very groggily uh, as you just completely unaware of what happened. You are currently suffering from a fatigue condition um, because it, you've just you've rolled so poorly for so long. Um, I can but, use a resolve point to cancel that out, can't I? I believe it's only for one round. Okay. Um, so oh no, remove one condition. You are correct. Yes, if you want to spend a resolve, sure. Use, use that resolve. Okay. So you finally come out of it, and uh, you find yourself in a room that you do not recognize. Mm, um, I'm not dead? <laughs> no. You see your friends there, but you can hear the sound of many, many things banging against the door that you are... Uh, you're, you're leaned up against the wall by the door. What you, happened? Uh, you missed some excitement, friend. And I'll I'll fill him in real quick just about that, you know, we... We saw lightning strike the, you know, the mausoleum in the middle, and something was taken out of it, um, but we couldn't find any, you know, bits, anything else uh, in there. And then we ran. There's a there's a mausoleum in the middle of. Uh, I'm sorry, the uh, shtick. Uh, Stickhelm. I'll Stickhelm. That's what it is. Yeah. So. Are we currently in a mausoleum? Now we are inside the building that's on the far end, and we're you know okay. we're still looking for uh for Father Grab, Brother Grab, Brother Crab, which isn't much better. But yeah, I don't you know I don't know if you have any other insight about uh, why lightning was hitting this mausoleum in the middle. 
my thought was that you know there was maybe part of the that room left there, but we didn't find anything. It makes sense to me. I'm not sure what else. I mean, but also that's what, what we you know, saw back at the yeah, basement camp. Yeah, but you know, again, not hundred, not hundo percent there. Uh you guys find yourself inside the mausoleum, and as you take your torches to um, kind of examine the room a little bit more. This area that you're in is mostly just an entranceway. There's a open doorway. No doors, just an open doorway that leads further into a chamber. Uh, and in this chamber, there are dozens of candles that have been lit, um, revealing what is probably one of the most macabre things you have ever seen. Every conceivable space has been decorated with human bones in this ossuary that you find yourself standing in. The center of the room is dominated by this massive, almost pyramid of skulls that is taller than all of you, at least seven or eight feet tall. It almost reaches the ceiling. Um, In each corner of this room, there are these elegant candelabra that have all been crafted from hundreds of bones, um, creating these very macabre but beautiful spiraling patterns. Uh, hanging from the ceiling is an uh, a strange chandelier, much like everything else made out of bones, that has a couple candles on it that have been lit. And um, on the south wall, there is the coat of arms of the emperor and it is completely created out of bones these grim decorations are both a bit awe-inspiring and somewhat unsettling uh to the right of the pyramid of skulls there is a small stone staircase you can see that circles down into the darkness Uh, otherwise this room is faintly lit by dozens of candles all around the room, some on top of skulls, some on the floor, some on the chandelier, obviously some on the candelabra. Um, And it takes you just all by surprise. Um, Waltrot seems um, almost enthralled. Uh, His his eyes go wide looking at this, uh, but not from fear. Definitely not from fear, and you can almost sense a bit of recognition in his eyes. I'll ask, do there appear to be any signs of, you know, like, you know, food out or books laid out that's maybe someone's reading? Does it look like there there has anyone been here? I'm just, I guess I'm looking for signs of Brother Brad. No, uh, it does not. Um, Not to you. I'll ask Waltrot, is, is this where you come to see Brother uh, Crab? He, uh, Have you been here before? He, he nods excitedly and says, uh, yeah, yeah, um, this, uh, I, I help him with these, with these, uh, with his, his creations here. Um, he says, you know, he, he, he's older, so I, I help him, you know, when he needs to put something that's high up, like when we, when we hung the chandelier and, uh, and things like that. He, I, I guess I look. 
he points to like one thing, uh, one of the uh, the candelabras, and he's mm-hmm. like kind of boasts like that's his favorite one, and you know he can almost like point out like some of the bones that he, you know, that Brother Crab let him place, you know, put into place. I I look at Kessler, I guess, and say, is this is this common practice, or is this chaos? Before Kessler can answer, Waltrot goes chaos. No, 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 no. He's like Brett, brother, brother. Crab's a good man. He's he doesn't worship the the chaos gods. He's a priest of more. Uh, well, you know, Kessler. Um, you know, he he doesn't look quite convinced, but he says, um, "I doubt a worshiper of chaos would craft the sigil of the emperor." And he points to emperor's coat of arms on the wall and it does have the um and you don't you don't recognize well you might recognize them you don't realize it's the letters kf for carl franz the emperor mm-hmm. um, that's part of his you know his uh his sigil um so you've probably seen it in the empire Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I know exactly what it is, but, you know, he points that out to you. Okay. It makes more sense to me then, but it's still strange. Yeah. Uh, you can tell that Kessler doesn't doesn't seem like it's something he's ever seen. And while Trout uh, continues, he says, when... When when uh, when Brother Crab has to bury new people here in the cemetery, uh, you know it, it's been around for a while, and you know eventually he he ran out of room, so he takes the older graves and he has to he has to dig them out to make room for the new people, and so he makes sure to take the oldest graves, and this is his way. You know, he he doesn't want to throw the bones out because that that would be disrespectful. So he tries to turn them into something beautiful. This is his idea of respectful beauty. It does seem very odd to all of you. Even Kessler kind of cocks his head a little bit at that. Um, I uh, I say, well, it's it's, it's a very uh, intricate work. That is for sure. Uh, where? Would Brother Crab's quarters be? He says, "Well, his room's downstairs, so maybe maybe he's down there." Uh, and you can see he's I'll... he's kind of he's at the top of the steps, kind of like leaning over, like looking down to see if he can see anything. Um, okay. And as he's looking, uh, you guys hear another loud crash of thunder. That um, this time it is. You know, you guys are basically right on top of it this time, and it is loud as it strikes. And it hits the mausoleum, and you guys can feel it kind of shake, and you can almost see the flash kind of dissipate through the the walls and the stones. And the all of the bones in here begin to shake 
and rattle. Um, Can I just what? make an observation here? Yeah. This this lightning is clearly being used to bring the dead back to life. It's only a matter of time until the hero of Stromdorf comes back and fights us as well, too. Oh, boy. <laughs> but he's not uh, here. His body's out there, right? Bones. No, we didn't find his bones. That's the thing we think they oh, yeah. which, which, which direction were the drag marks towards the mausoleum? Yes. Yeah, he's here. Yeah, he, he's 100% here. So, uh, as this all starts happening and takes you all by surprise, uh, Waltrop lets out a, a shriek of terror and goes running down the stairs. And just as he does, you see um, the the chandelier basically falls from the ceiling. Uh, and a bunch of the skulls in the pyramid fall to the ground, and, and basically there's like an avalanche of skulls, and one of the candelabras starts almost like bouncing. And to your horror, you see as a bunch of these bones basically re-knit themselves into three full skeletons, um, one of them standing at the uh, the head of the stairs, or at the top of the stairs, on the other two in other parts of the room. And I will need another initiative test, please. And all the lightning strikes so far have been hitting the mausoleum directly? Yes. And they checked out the mausoleum earlier, right, while I was passed out? You guys are in the mausoleum. Oh, we're yeah. in the mausoleum. Yes. Okay. The so thing so in the we're... center is a, is a tomb. So it's what I'm picking here is a mausoleum that we're in right now. Correct. So it's hitting the roof of the mausoleum. When you're entering the mausoleum, I guess I was blacked out. But we're, like, we're standing in the lightning strike right now. Was there any sort of like tower or lightning rod or something of that nature on top of the structure? There was not. Kessler leading the pack. <laughs> the skeletons aren't too hot either. <laughs> All right. Mort, you are first to act. So these skeletons are in front of us? Uh, there's one definitely blocking the path to the stairs. The other two are, um, in the room. No one's directly in melee with them. Uh, however, I do need everyone to do fear tests as these do cause fear. With Volpe, this will override the current fear that you were suffering from. It's a cool test, right? Yes. You need to get at least two degrees of success because these cause fear too. I pass. Ooh, I to hmm. Yeah, I use one of my rerolls. Uh, that's a cool sorry. Yes. Uh, I do crushing it by two yeah. degrees. All right. Cool dude. Just, you're just gonna put that out there. All of you, brave as can be. Mort, start us off, please. I'm just gonna shoot out a little magical blast. This guy by the stairs. All right. I'm at, I'm at minus ten because of. The winds right now? Yes. Still ongoing? Yes. Okay. See if that even matters. Uh, it's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it matters. This place sucks. My a little fizz doing. of light dances at the top of your staff, but nothing happens. La Volpe. Um, yeah, I'll try and uh I'll try and clobber one with uh my sword. Okay. Uh, I fail by one. Okay, hold on. These guys have a few special abilities. Let me just see what they'll do. 
Okay, that doesn't matter. In this game, like, creatures have a bunch of different traits. So you can build your own creatures, too. So I just need to make sure I see what all of these do. Uh, some obvious ones, like Undead, but there's some other ones that are not so obvious. Okay, I don't think any of these matter. Um, well, that one does. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, what would you get, uh, LaVolpe? Uh, I uh, failed by one. Okay, you're attacking in melee, correct? Yes. Okay, well, you're in luck. This thing failed by, Jesus, five? Excellent. Well, when you roll 90 plus, I guess that's bound to happen. Nice. Not bad. All right. Well, uh, so it's then six damage to the body. That including its negative five success levels. That gets added. Okay, great. So then that's eleven. Okay. Uh, and you are using your rapier, correct? I. All right. So um, when you strike this thing, uh, it is basically just bones. There is no flesh. There is no muscle. Uh, because of this, you must suffer minus one to your damage roll. Uh, unless you are using That's a weapon with the, with the pummel trait. Uh, so, <laughs> Undead Crusher over there with his staff, get to work. Yeah, I'll say, I'll take minus one, though, versus like half damage, I thought it was going to be. Okay, uh, so you had a total of 11? Yeah, so it brings it to 10. Okay, uh, you smash into this thing, chunks of bone go flying around as you uh, basically run your, your blade uh, through a couple pieces and shatter a few ribs and uh, kind of pierce through the uh, scapula on its back. Um, it's still going, but uh, it's moving in an awkward way. Firth. Uh, who's closest to me? Is it, is it the same one closest? Um, no, you're probably close to a different one. He was kind of talking to Waltrout, so he's probably fighting the one on the stairs. All right, I'm taking the next one. No, whoever's closest to me, so the one okay. you know, kind of back the way, I guess. All right, go ahead. Boat hook. Oh, fail. Uh, he he failed by two. Yeah, no, I failed by three. Okay. Swing and a miss. All right. Make sure you're keeping track of your advantage here. That guy's got one. And then Kessler takes a shot with his pistol. And just barely misses. The skeletons surge forward, one attacking you, uh, LaVolpe. Go ahead and roll. It passes ready, by ready. one. Oh, yes? Oh, yes. Uh, do I keep my advantage for this, or only when I'm attacking? Uh, when you're defending, too. All right, then I pass by two. Okay. Uh, well, then you win the fight by one. Excellent. Uh, so that's. Oh, it doesn't matter because you're defending, so you don't do any damage. Yeah, I'm defending. I was going to say, wait, I don't do extra damage. All right. Uh, the one strikes back at you, Firth. He fails by two. I'm sorry, by one. Succeed by two. Okay. You have advantage now. 
And the uh, third one charges at Kessler and fails fairly poorly. Kessler passes very, very well. So Kessler uh, deflects his attack. And we're back to the top. Uh, all right, well, I'm going to try the old staff, you know. See if it wants that to work this time. At the, the, there's uh, skeletons on stairs, right? Yes, that's the one um, Lavolpe is fighting. I, I will try to attack that one as well. Okay, it failed by three. I also failed by three. So I guess that's a hit, right? That is a hit. The quarterstaff is back. One success level. So seven damage to the right arm. Well, thankfully, because of Lavolpe's previous attack, you bring uh, Skullcrusher down and just <laughs> shatter this thing into pieces. Uh, as you basically just hit it in the shoulder, and it just like your your uh, staff just goes through it. You know, just like one rib at a time, just and it just falls apart into pieces. Still works. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, leaving chattering bones all over the floor. Lavolpe. Uh, yeah, now that he's wrecked that one, I'll uh, I'll turn my attention to the uh, the next closest one. Either one, either the one Firth is fighting uh, or level. Uh, yeah, or... let's double up on the one Firth is fighting and okay. see if I can help him out there. Go ahead. All right. It I'm doing good so far. Two. Oh my god, I fucking love undead. Uh, I pass. And then, sorry, do since uh, from the previous round, do I keep my advantage now? Do I have two advantage? Yes. As long okay. as you don't miss an attack or take damage, you can keep it between enemies. Okay. So then I, I pass by four. Okay, it failed by two. Uh, and then, so that's Uh, left arm, uh, two and four, so nine, I'm sorry, no, eight damage to the left arm. All right. Firth? Yep. Gonna try and do what I can. It fails by two again. Succeed by three. All right. Uh, so you go successful difference again, right? So yes, five plus four plus, uh, so it's twelve. Okay, you get a fine hit on it. Your boat hook tearing through some of the bones and scattering them to the floor. Matthias now dueling with this thing would have scored a critical hit, but. Being skeletons, there's nothing to critically damage. So he does score a hit and slash some of the bones apart, uh, but what otherwise would have been a devastating hit is not nearly as devastating. The undead return the favor. Tyus easily parries and duels the one he's fighting. The other one attacks Eula Volpe, and that is a critical failure. Nice. So you don't even have to bother rolling to attack. Oh, I rolled really good. <laughs> uh, well, it's Mort's turn. 
I've got the plus one advantage now. It's, it's, how many two skeletons are still left? Just one. They're both still alive. All right. I'm going to try to magic blast one of the standing skeletons. Um, hey, there we go. All right. I blast Which one are you shooting? The one Matthias is fighting or the one that Firth and Lavolpe are fighting? Uh, Firth and Lavolpe. Okay. Uh, and I'll blast that one for 11 damage to the body. Okay. Well, it uh, didn't have much left. And your shot uh, strikes it, and it blasts apart into pieces. There we go. Magic, it does sometimes work. Lavolpe. All right, well, with that one uh, destroyed, I'll start working on the final one. Okay. I will attack it. Um, Uh, Oh, my God. Fails by five. I succeed by six, three from advantage, and then three from my roll. Um, Damn, son. So, sorry, do I do, so I do strength bonus plus four, so that's six is my base, and then I add the extra five on to do uh, 11 damage, minus one, is that correct? Plus your success levels. Okay, so it's 11, and then so 14, so 13 minus the 1, because it's not an uh, not a touching weapon. So 13 damage. Uh, you passed by how much? 6? I'm sorry, 6 passed by 6. Wait, no, I added it the first time, right? So it's it's my strength bonus is 2, plus 4, that's 6. Passed by 6. So that makes it 12. And it failed by 5. What part am I not? So that's 17 damage. You, you, okay. take, the, you take the distance. Plus, okay, plus five. Yes. Okay. Uh, so that's what? 17? Oh, 16, so it's minus 1. 16 minus the 1. Um, well, <laughs> that is all you need to fell a skeleton. <laughs> so you just like an orange bolt of lightning come bursting through this thing Kool-Aid style and bones just go <laughs> flying everywhere. Uh, some of them hitting uh, Kessler in the face and chest uh, as just dust and bones go everywhere. And uh, he looks a little uh, impressed and a bit shocked. Um, however, you don't have much time to celebrate as these pieces of bone that have fallen to the ground and others here in the ossuary continue to rattle and uh, and vibrate. And you can see that um, some of these bones are starting to re-knit themselves, albeit a bit slower than before. It looks like we need a better plan. Kessler says, down the stairs. I'll follow him. Here we go. Kessler, um, Kessler covers the rear uh, to make sure that nothing gets to you guys. Who's down there first? Uh, I, you know, me? I guess we can, just stick in, we can just stick an initiative order, I guess. Sure. Simple. That's fine. Okay, right, so you, you guys uh, make your way down this little flight of stairs that kind of, uh, it's a spiral staircase. Not very, uh, not very wide. <laughs> And you find yourself in 
like a proper crypt of the uh, the mausoleum. And so um so you guys enter this crypt and it has a low ceiling and the walls here are made out of large granite blocks. Um all around the walls there are oil lamps that have been lit and are set into like little small recesses into the walls just big enough for the lamp itself. Um on the right-hand side of the chamber there's a large wooden table. Upon that is a rather large leather book uh, that has been opened. Excuse me. Um, also on the table is a human skull. And you can see the skull has been delicately carved with some sort of patterns on it. Um, for the first time since La Volpe, you were actually actively looking for this. You do see signs of life to some degree. You see a plate with a loaf of black bread and some green stale cheese and a little silver fork on the table. Obviously a meal that has not been touched in some time. There are four black curtains hanging on the walls. Um, one on the left, uh, one on the on the wall that you guys entered from, and two on the right-hand side. And there are two doors that are slightly ajar across from you guys on the other side of the room. Uh, when you guys get in here, you can see that Waltrout has cowered under the table, and he's got a, a silver, little silver knife. Looks like it matches the fork, uh, like kind of in a to defend himself. And he looks uh, terrified, um, sweating profusely. When he sees you guys come down the stairs, uh, he jumps up, um, you know, obviously happy to see you. And that is what you see when you get down here. Um, when you reach the bottom of the stairs, there is a uh, a door that you guys are able to close behind you, which um, Kyle and Kessler begin to move uh, like a piece of furniture in front of to uh, to block the door. Um, yeah, I guess I'll start poking around into one of the rooms uh, and see what I can see. Actually, I'm going to look at the book first and confirm what I think we're all thinking. Okay. Um, you can't read, right? Correct? Yeah. I'm looking for pictures. Um, you do not really see any pictures in here. It just looks like a bunch of words. Maybe it'd be better uh, if no, I take a no look at that a little bit. Yeah, the There's no, no chaos star right on there. No, like, yeah. Illustrated how to. Uh, how to raise your first skeleton. Yeah. May I? And I'll kind of gesture towards you a little bit. Yeah, I'll I'll look embarrassed and hand it over. Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, so you you take a look at it, Mort, and you can tell that this is um this is like a prayer book uh, for a Morite priest. Okay, it does not look like sinister in any way. As you okay, kind of flip through it. I'll just say it looks normal. Nothing out of the ordinary in this one. I'll set it down. When you set it down with the the cover closed, um, Kessler points points that out to you. You know, like for lack of a better term, think like it's the Bible for for Morites. You know, or like a, like a hymnal book you'd have in the church with like the different like songs. But this is like different prayers. Okay. Um, Firth, what are you doing? Uh oh boy. Um. 
I am. Do I, do I still have that curtain with me? Uh, I'm assuming so. You never I'm said look, you I'm looking for more flammable stuff, basically. Well, there there are four more curtains in this room. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm looking through the one closest to me. Okay. So there's one on the wall, the same side of the door that you entered from. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you pull that curtain back, you find a wardrobe. Do you open it? Yes. Inside, you find several identical black robes hanging from a railing. And at the foot, there is a small chest. Can I open the chest? Yes. You open it up, and it uh, has a very neatly folded pile of black undergarments. LaVolpe, what would you like to do? I'll uh, then look into one of the rooms. Um, whatever room is on the left. You mean behind the curtain? Or the, yeah. the doors to the north? Or the, the, I'm sorry, the doors to the north. Oh, I'm sorry, there, there's two sets of doors. There's the, the two doors to the north that are like slightly ajar, and then there is another door on the left-hand wall. That one is shut. I'll, I will look into the one on the left that is ajar. So the, the double doors? Yes. Okay. Let's see what I see with my torch. All right. When you look into that room... Um, let's make sure I'm looking at the right thing here. Yeah, okay. So when you look into this room, you see what is obviously like a a small like personal room, you know, someone's little room. Um and uh I guess not not a room, but um what you see in here is the um there is a stone uh plinth where there is an ebony coffin mounted on top of this plinth in the center of the room. Um, The coffin itself, the top is off, and it is lined with red velvet. And inside, laying there, uh, skin as, as pale as the dead, with his eyes closed, is a, a man, an old man, in black robes. I'll call... Uh, However, um, that is not all that you see. Um, huh. Also, in this room, you see to the left of you... Um, let me get a picture here. To the left of you is... Give me a perception test, please. Uh, uh, I perceive by two degrees. To the left of you, at first, you think it is a statue because it is standing so still. But when you see its eyes that have this eerie glow of what is clearly magical energy, much like the zombies, you see an armored skeleton and the breastplate and bits of armor still attached to it are clearly old plate mail of some sort 
covered in um, old verdigris and rust. Um, it has a helmet still strapped to its head, as you can see here in the picture, and it has a large, um, what you can tell is a great sword, a double-handed sword that it is holding in one hand. Uh, in its left hand, uh, not like in this picture, it is not holding a shield, but it is holding something as if it were a shield, and it looks like a large white stone, and there is some sort of writing on it that you don't recognize. It looks like more regular uh, human letters, uh, <laughs> but you can't you can't tell what it is. And yes, it does seem to match the same color of stone as the stone you found atop the beast man's herd stone. Oh boy. Um, you, only have a second, you only have a second to regard the skeleton as uh, as you kind of like, you know, took a step into the room and it kind of turns its head at you as you enter. Uh, uh, the other thing you see standing at the head of the coffin, which is the furthest point from the entrance to this room, is this. The body of... I'm done seeing things. Oh, God what is clearly a dead woman that appears a little bit fresher dead than a lot of the other undead you have seen. Um, I guess not really, because the Holtz are only dead for a day. So uh, she doesn't look as dead as the things you've seen in the graveyard, uh, but clearly still has skin and writhing maggots filling one of her eyes and some of her wounds. She is dressed in what was a very, very nice purple dress, and you can tell definitely something that was uh, pricey. She has a very nice-looking necklace, as you can see in this photo, uh, around her neck, and the strands of her long, what were obviously once beautiful black hair, uh, is still there, but it has come off in some clumps and is much more disorganized and tangled than you would imagine she wore in life. Um, this undead woman has her hands on either side of the priest's head in the coffin, basically at his temples. And you can see a sickly glow of kind of bluish-green energy emanating uh, from where her hands are kind of holding his head. Uh, I'll yell for Mort and Kessler. I say, I've, I found some friends. And, are they moving uh, or stationary? Sorry, I'm going to cut you off. So, uh, um... They're, they're moving. He looked at me. The, uh, the skeleton definitely looks at you, and uh, after you kind of have a second to take this all in, uh, the woman's mouth opens spilling a few maggots into the coffin with the priest and a voice emanates from it. Uh, but it is not a voice you're expecting. Uh, for one, it is not the the rasps or the moans that you've heard the other zombies. Uh, it is a full speaking voice, but it is that of a male, not a female. And it does have a bit of a eerie, echoey rasp to it. 
And uh, it says, Don't look so shocked, simpleton. This festering corpse is only temporary. Your body will serve just fine. And you see the... Um, give me an intuition test. Man. Uh, I pass by... One. Um, you're not sure what it is, but it seems almost awkwardly this thing takes its right hand and it seems almost absent-mindedly kind of uh, grabs the necklace almost like she's uh, kind of running it through her fingers. Um, and then it, it, it seems like the hand kind of jerks and goes back to holding the priest's head. Uh, and it seems odd to you. It does, doesn't seem right. Um, at this point, I will need everyone to make an initiative roll, please. Yeah. Bum, 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 bum. Okay, did everybody roll? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Doing a little better oh, each time. My numbers just went away. What the fuck? Mort, good job, bud. You're back. Got a perfect initiative roll. Everybody rolling pretty good this round. Everyone wants some of the action. Um, oh, let's yeah. see. I'm pretty sure Kessler has a higher initiative than the skeleton, but let's double check that. Uh, he does. Okay. Oh, surprise, surprise. It's stick helm. It's not any skeleton. <laughs> You solved the mystery, LaVolpe. Well done. Oh, uh, sweet. Okay, so, LaVolpe, what do you shout out after this thing speaks and the skeleton's head cocks towards you? Uh, well, I, I, I yell for more once I realize that that, uh, uh, that we found the rune. Um, and okay. Yeah, uh, that's it. I, I don't have a... Uh, yeah, basically, you have a chance to say something before this starts. So, what do you say? <laughs> no pressure. Man, I didn't prepare. I, didn't I say, well, it's a shame. The dress looks good on you, and I, uh, <laughs> and I get ready to shoot him with my crossbow. <laughs> I like that. I just I shit talk the bad guy. <laughs> That's my action. It's a free action. Uh, more you you hear you hear well, you all hear La Volpe obviously talking to somebody about wearing a dress. Um, what do you do? It's a robe, not a dress. <laughs> <laughs> you realize he is not facing you, and thus you don't think he's talking to you. <laughs> well, I, I hear him shout for my name, and I go and check it out. Okay, so you when you get to him, um. You're able to just squeeze alongside him. There's just enough room in this doorway for two of you to stand shoulder to shoulder. And when you get there, you see this scene laid out in front of you. And you don't have to test or anything. The stone that Stickhelm is holding as a shield uh, is blazing with celestial energy. I channel off of it. Okay. Did I get any bonuses? 
Yes, your channeling tests are now at plus 10. All right, I got two success levels banked. At 15, the corpse of the woman. Mort, you can tell she also seems to be channeling something. Yeah. And Lavolpe, you see the green energy around her hands gets a little brighter and more prominent. The next time I can say something, I will I'll say to uh, Mort, you know, the, oh, the necklace. I said she was grabbing at the necklace. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm going to try and, uh, I'm just, you know, shoot a crossbow bolt at, uh, at the, what I'm assuming is the necromancer spirit. Go ahead, good sir. All right. Why can't you edit something once it's here? That's so dumb. Hell yeah. Um, I pass by one. Uh, so the necromancer. <laughs> yeah. I I'm sorry. By one, I passed by one degree. Um okay. So uh, they are hit in the uh, left. I'm sorry. The the body. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's just the that's ten damage. Nine plus the one. Correct. Okay. You take a shot. The corpse makes no attempt to move, and you strike it, uh, I'm sorry, you said in the body? Yes. You strike it right in the gut, and there is basically no reaction, excuse me, whatsoever. It does hit her and sticks into her flesh, uh, but if it causes any pain or discomfort, the corpse makes no indication of that. I'm going to say, I don't know if that worked. Uh, Kessler is up next, but he can't quite get into the room, and, uh, he, he sees this, and, uh, you know, basically shouts like a, like a prayer of Sigmar at this thing, uh, and if you don't, you know, for those that don't realize now, it obviously definitely is the Necromancer, and he just, you know, shouts kill it, um, however, he can't quite get past you two. And he doesn't want to take a shot with two of you in the way, so he is unable to do anything else. At this point, Stickhelm skeleton lumbers from its standing place not too far from the door and gets in front of the doorway, holding the she- the stone slab in front of it like a shield. And um, even just being a skeleton with the plates of armor that are still on him, he is rather bulky and was obviously a large man in life, and he almost fills the doorway by himself, and he takes a swing with his greatsword at La Volpe, perhaps for trying to harm his master. Mm-hmm. Please go ahead and give me a defensive roll. Ooh, I Hales fell by... by... Okay, I fell by two. Okay, so he swings, and you can tell even with his terrible swing, perhaps because there's not a lot of room to swing in this particular hallway or entranceway, um, he definitely seems a lot more coordinated than the zombies and skeletons you've been fighting. Uh, And it's only because of the awkwardness you're able to duck, and his sword hits the uh, wall, sending a a burst of sparks 
uh, when it hits, but you are not hurt. Firth. Here I go. Uh, well, I guess I'm, I'm kind of on the other side of the room, aren't I? Yeah, you can see that, um, you know, at this point you can probably see Stickhelm Skeleton past uh, Firth or past uh, Lavolpe and Mort. You can't see the Necromancer's corpse, and there is no room for Kessler to get in there right now. And right now, Firth and Mort, I'm sorry, Mort and Lavolpe are in melee with this thing. Yeah. And I can't really, I can't really get in either then, right? I can't really get my digs in. No, you can't. I mean, you're able to get across the room, you know, so if they were to move out of the way, you could get in, but mm-hmm. you cannot. I mean, you, you can try to do something else if you want to try to come up with something clever, uh, but you can't make an attack. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything clever. I, I mean, I have, it's a fine line between clever and stupid sometimes. So I, I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to like just kind of prep myself. You know, obviously I'm ready with the, the boat hook, the old trusty boat hook. Um, okay. but I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for an attack of opportunity, but I'm not getting in anybody's way just yet. Okay. Mort, you're up. Uh, all right. So first thing I'll do is I'll, I'll step out of the way, kind of take a step back to allow others to pass through. Um, okay. and then I will. Now the thing is though, you are in melee with this thing. Oh, okay. Well, Basically you and LaVolpe are standing side by side in the doorway and it moved up, uh, and it chose to attack him instead of you. So you are currently in combat. And how does disengaging work in this? You need to burn all of your advantage, otherwise he gets an attack of opportunity. And if I don't have any advantage? Then he gets an attack of opportunity, if you move away. Okay. Uh, Well, I would rather that not happen. Um... Uh, there's no, like, dis- I guess disengage action is to use your advantage, huh? It is, yes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I guess it means I have to try to get some advantage. <laughs> so I'll, I'll keep the energy I've stored for now, and I'll take out the staff and try to give him a good swack attack with this, the old stick. Are you able to stop channeling and re-channeling the same spell? Um, I never saw anywhere where I... Couldn't, to my knowledge. Let's check that, because that seems a little strange to me. If you can, without having to make some sort of check to uh, channeling test, keep the, the energy you've already gotten. No, you can't, because an ex- it's an extended test. What an extended test in is, is when you're making a skill test where you have to accumulate a certain number of successes over the course of making the test over and over. Mm-hmm. If you do something if you do another action in between that, you lose all the gain success levels from whatever you've gained from that extended test. Well uh, I guess I'm channeling. <laughs> um also I will need everyone to give me another set of fear tests uh for facing the two of these creatures. Oh my and these guys are fear three. So if you don't buy, pass by three, you fail. You need it's an extended test, so you you have to get three to overcome your fear. Gotcha. Over the course of time, I guess I am frightened. Uh, with cool. Um. Uh. Well, I fail by one. Cool test. What are the effects of fear? I am checking right now. 
Success. How much? One. Okay, so you still need to get two more. Um, as long as you are feared, I know that you can't willingly get closer to what you are scared of. Okay, so until you get the required amount of successes, you are subject to fear. When subject to fear, you suffer minus one success level on all tests to affect the source of your fear. Uh, so you can try to you can try to uh, approach this thing, but you got to make another cool test. Uh, if the source approaches the character, they must pass a cool test or gain the broken condition, which basically like you try to retreat. The book says, while subject to fear, you suffer minus one success level on all tests to affect the source of your fear. Which... I, I suspect the DM screen would be more accurate because it's more recent. Yeah, I would too. Plus, I, I haven't seen much in this game that says like negative to your success levels, but I know it's in the game. So we'll go with minus 10 to your, your tests. Um, Do all, now, only minus 10 to your tests that affect things that you're being feared by? Yes, correct. So if you were to try to attack this thing or cast a spell against it or do anything interacting with it, uh, defending against it, things like that. Then I will attempt to channel. So then, technically you got uh, Lavolpe and Mort, the two of you would have to take another cool test because it moved closer to you. And this is just straight up. If you pass, uh, you um, you're fine. If you fail, you gain the broken condition. I gain the broken condition. Where you I critical fail. Ooh, a critical fail. That's no good. Lavolpe, well, how about uh, you? Yeah, I rolled a zero. As in a, a one hundred. Yeah. Uh, y- yes, then. Yeah, zero, zero. That is 100. It's, it's one to 100. Hell yeah. It's not, it's not zero to 100. Okay. Um, well, I guess there's good and bad to come of this. So you both gain the broken condition, <laughs> which is your move and action must be to run away until beyond the sight of any enemy. And then you can use your action on a skill that allows you to hide. Minus ten to all tests that involve uh, that. Wait. Minus ten to all tests not involving running and hiding. If you are not in combat at the end of the round, you may attempt a cool test to remove the broken condition. With each success level removing an extra broken condition. Otherwise, you remove one broken condition per round that you are out of line of sight of your whatever caused the fear. So basically. You take the fear test. Everybody either passed to some degree or failed. So everyone's still uh, under the effects of the fear. Um, and while you're under the effects of the fear, if this thing moves towards you, you have to make another cool test. And if you fail, you basically just freak out and run. So the good news is, is that you guys are uh, will have to get out of the way. Uh, the bad news is, is that uh, Mort... Um, it'll provoke an attack of opportunity for both of you, and Mort, you do not have any advantage to spend to get away without getting the attack. I have one, right, from winning yes. the last so you, you can burn yours when you flee to um, to take the, the disengage action. Uh, so Mort, you go to run, and Stickhelm tries to stab you with 
this great blade. So do I get a defense roll or no? Uh, I don't believe you do when you... Or like a, like a dodge or anything like that? Let me check. If you flee, your opponent gains one advantage and may attempt one free attack. The free attack is unopposed. Uh, as you are throwing caution to the wind, your opponent gains plus 20 to hit you. If you are hit, your opponent gains one advantage and you must make a cool test or gain a broken condition. Well, you already have a broken condition, so don't worry about that. Uh, so no, you're just turning and fleeing, and so you don't get a defensive roll. Okay. Um, so he attacks, and he has a total of plus 30 to hit you. Ooh. Which means he passes. Passes by a bit here. All right, Mort. It's probably going to hurt. Tough day for you, Mort. As soon as I find the damage of this thing. Mort, you are taking a total of 12 damage to the left arm. Still standing. Are you really? Yep. You monster. All right. Still standing. That's good. Um, do you need to make any sort of concentration check because you were hit while channeling? Uh, if you are distracted by anything, loud noises or suffering damage, you must pass a hard negative 20 cool test or suffer a minor miscast and lose <laughs> all your success levels occurred. Oh, jeez. How bad can this get? What do you remember that one? I didn't remember, but I got the thing pulled up. No, no. Nice. Oh. <laughs> nice. Is that with the, the minus 20? That's just the minus 20. Oh, man. Okay, you're well on your way to being a battle mage, Matt, if you can hold your nerve <laughs> after that. I almost get one shot. I'm trying to get murdered by a skeleton, but got a hold. All right. Well done, sir. Uh, so you guys see, uh, you see Mort, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Mort and Lavolpe, uh, Mort turns even more pale than normal and turns tail and runs and just almost gets stabbed like through his arm. However, he somehow manages to keep the energy he stored going and, uh, Mort, you have to, uh, obviously run and hide because you are broken. Where do you try to hide? Uh, so we're, we're, I'm at stairs, right? So I'll go up the stairs. Remember, you guys came to the bottom of the stairs and you closed the door and locked yourselves in this room because of the skeletons that are out in the, the Oh, stairwell. well, there was an area that was behind a curtain, right? There are several curtains. Um, I go to, to the nearest curtain. Okay, the nearest curtain is going to be what's behind curtain number three. Oh, man. Dun, 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 dun. I'm acting an instinct to take the closest one. Okay, yeah. uh, that that is fair. Uh, so you find yourself in a small but well-stocked larder with a couple of bottles of wine and a few casks of ale. What a great here. place to hide! <laughs> I think I'm staying here. <laughs> but um, Cole probably already found yeah, that. Yeah. He's passed out on the floor. <laughs> Um, but it's a good place to hide because you can close the, the curtain behind you and then break line of sight. So, um, you guys see Mort basically dive behind this other curtain. Uh, La Volpe, um, 
you failed your test as well and became broken, correct? Yes. Okay. If you'd like, you can burn your advantage. Otherwise, he'll get the attack of opportunity on you. Yeah, I'm going to burn that advantage, baby. And where do you hide? Uh, back under the table where... Uh, what's the <laughs> he seemed like he had it figured out. All right. Very well. Uh, so that leads us to... I guess technically that was last turn. So Mort, it is your turn now. Um, so you need to make a cool test as you are hiding in order to try to get rid of this broken condition. Okay. Oh, critical success. All right. Pass by two of the critical success. Very good. Um, I will say then you can also surpass another level of your fear since you failed that last turn. Um, so you only have to overcome fear two now instead of three, uh, okay. which you can make that test now as well. I mean, even though you don't see uh, them, okay. you're okay. still technically fighting them. Hey, pass by four. All right, got my ship under control. He's back. All right, so you gather yourself, you have a moment, uh, think about how delicious that wine's going to be after you mm-hmm. win this fight, and don't get murdered by a skeleton. And uh, <laughs> it, it all comes back together. You're like, I'm an elf. I'm made for this. Right. And I go back uh, to my channeling test. <laughs> okay. Are you going to stay in there and channel? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Make your channel test. Uh, uh, I got one more success level. So I got three banked. It's, it's charging slowly, but it's charging. All right. Tactical retreat. You guys see a, a, a familiar blue go- um, glow emanating from under the curtain where... Yeah. Mort went to hide. Champagne corks popping as well. Um, <laughs> everybody else uh, also can make their cool test uh, for fear, and Lavope make your cool test first for hiding to get rid of the broken condition. All right. Boom. So first this is a in cool the game. Test? Yes. Well done. Okay. Uh, I I still do not make it. Um, Did you fail. Oh, yeah, by one degree. Okay, so you still have... Um, you failed last time, too, or did you pass it all? The initial fear test? No, I okay. failed. That's when I got the 100. All right, so yeah, you you still have all fear three. Now make another cool test for the broken condition. Okie dokie. Uh, that one I pass um, okay. by two degrees. So you are no longer broken. Uh, and you're able to act again normal next round, but you still have to test for fear. So you basically kind of get yourself to... You do notice that uh, Waltrout is kind of looking over... Well, he doesn't have to look over anybody's shoulder now. He can see past everybody, and you see a weird look in his eyes of recognition, um, and you're not sure how or why... But you hear him, like, at first, kind of lowly, he says, in kind of a questioning manner, he's like, Master? Master? Master, I'm here! It's me! And you see he gets up and goes running towards the room. Um, I guess the necromancer would have gone before you. Uh, He continues to channel energy. Uh, Next up is Matthias who, upon seeing you two run out of the way, now has a clear line to the uh, uh, to the skeleton. And uh, he is going to... 
Imagine if we had the blunderbuss now. <laughs> oh yeah. Start saving up, man. Come on, game, work with me here. Okay. Um He is going to use his leadership skill to try to get you guys back into somewhat of a cohesive unit. Been frightened by skeletons all day. Okay. So Matthias uh draws his uh his other pistol, he throws the torch to the ground in the direction of the uh, the necromancer and the skeleton to light the way, and he draws his other pistol. Um, or actually, he's got the holy water. He's going to draw the holy water and one of his pistols. And he, uh, he shouts, Gentlemen, you are warriors of Sigmar. Know no fear. We will abolish these abominations with me. And he uh, throws the... Uh, holy water at the uh the skeleton um everybody uh he does pass his test so all of you will get plus 10 to any psychology test until the end of next round should you have to make them and um he's gonna throw the uh the holy water uh the holy water crashes onto stickhelm who gets his shield up in time for the most part uh, and it splashes over him, and you can see Firth. Really, you're the only one that can see this really happening. Uh, you are emboldened as he tries to get you guys back into shape. I was already in shape. That's true, but you're even more emboldened now. Yeah. Um, he throws the uh, the holy water; it shatters on Stickhelm, and you can see part of it is almost sizzling on the parts of his exposed bone that it landed on, almost like acid. And it doesn't look like it, it did as much as he was hoping, because a lot of it hit the shield. But you do see a few things here and there where it's burning through him. And uh, you see at that point, he begins to draw his other pistol. And he looks to you like, um, I guess it's just you and me against these guys. Uh, and Stickhelm uh, actually stays in the doorway, and he actually points his sword at both of you as if in like a mocking, challenging uh, sort of salute. Mm. Firth, you are up. Can I kind of wad up this curtain that I've been lugging around, Mm -hmm. smash it like kind of into this, I think, relatively small room? Mm-hmm. And ignite it. You could, sure. I'm gonna basically of... make a giant torch and throw it in there. Yeah, basically. Okay. Um. Now keep in mind. I mean, it's hard to see, but now you have you have a, basically a clear line. You do know that the priest is in there. He's in the coffin, though, right? Correct. Do I have any reason to believe that he's still alive? I mean, I, I'm, I'm presuming anything in a coffin is dead, unless it's undead. That that's fair. Well, I guess it's not really my turn, but uh, she, she did kind of the chick trying well, to do things, transferring consciousness. You don't, you don't, you can't see him right now, and you know, Firth probably. I mean, he didn't see exactly what's going on in there, so. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling pretty brave, but I don't. I don't think I'm not going toe to toe with the guy with a, that's holding his fire hand with one hand. 
Wise words, sir. Fish hook versus yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, boat hook, rather. Yeah, so I'm gonna try that crazy thing. I don't. I have no idea. Give me a dexterity check, or I'm sorry, ballistic skill test. Oh, ballistics. I'll assume you can light the torch. We're going to roll for that. Um, Like a bow? Is this kind of a bow? Uh, I'm sorry, what is it? Um, Oh, throwing. Yeah, if you have throwing, you can do that. Otherwise, just be ballistic skill. Straight up. I'm going to burn another. My second fortune of the night. Still failed. Alright. Fuck it. <laughs> I meant to pass this. So I just make a big ass fire with this thing. <laughs> so uh you throw you try to make your makeshift torch and uh you, when you try to throw it, there's just the curtain is just way too heavy to like it's like trying to throw like a comforter. You know, you have like a comforter wrapped around this torch yeah. and you go to throw it and the comforter just unravels and um, now there's a burning comforter on the floor, and uh, the carpet begins to catch fire. Between me and everybody else, that's fine. I'm fine with that. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's not a massive fire, but it's not exactly a huge room either. I'm just More. give that guy with the double-handed sword to something to think about before coming out. <laughs> okay. Mort, you're up. Uh, keep on charging my laser. Okay. Uh, no progress. Now, if you fail, you just don't get progress, right? It doesn't stop it unless Correct. you get interrupted. Right. Okay. Uh, the Necromancer also continues to channel. At this point, Firth, you can see beyond the uh, Helm skeleton, you can see the glow of energy emanating from in front of the uh, Necromancer. You can't tell what he, what it's doing but you can see something is going on in there. You gotta stop him before he casts Meteor on us. <laughs> La Volpe. Uh, I mean, yeah, I shout that to the group if it's not obvious that we need to stop him Fear from test. channeling. Uh, you have plus 10 because of Kessler's commands. Ooh, excellent. You gotta stop him before he casts Meteor. <laughs> it's an undead Meteor. Ooh, nice. Uh, I passed by three degrees. All right, so perhaps emboldened by uh, Matthias' example or Firth lighting half the room on fire, you're not sure, but it's glorious. (laughs) You come out from under the table ready to get back in the fight. Glorious. Uh, What would you like to do? Um, uh, I guess I'll, I'll load my crossbow on this turn. Okay. Or attempt to load it. Um, Give me a ballistic skill tests, please. Uh, I do not make it. I I fail by one degree. Okay. So again, with the crossbow, it's simple. If you fail, it just means you spend the whole turn reloading. If you pass, you can reload and shoot in the same turn. So you get a bolt ready Got for it. next round. Yeah. Um, Matthias opens fire with one of his pistols. He's going to use a fortune point on that. There we go. All right. The shot lets out. And it does. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. He manages to hit Stickhelm. 
Uh, it does not instantly drop him like you've seen most of the un- other undead, uh, but he does strike him, um, and you see a big chunk of bone fly off of him. That leads us to Stickhelm. Uh, at this point, it looks like he is kind of deciding what to do with some of the fire here, and as the shot strikes into him, you can't tell if it's because of Stickhelm's own accord or the necromancer commanding him, uh, but the necro or the the skeleton stalks forward, um, kind of stomping past uh, part of the burning carpet and takes a swing at Kessler. You see Kessler barely ducks out of the way in time, and his sword crashes through the table that you were hiding under La Volpe, uh, rather close to where you're standing, and the table is just cleaved in two. Firth. Um, yeah, let's go for it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, you know, shout whatever, ah, and, and go right for him. <laughs> Going right for him. Do it. I've got the, uh, yeah, I've already, I've got four. I passed the thing by four, so. Here I go. Oh, All right. right. My last re-roll of the night, and I still fail, 57. Yeah, but it's better. Better. remember, it's an opposed test, so. Yeah. Uh, let me check one thing, though, because I don't know how the fuck shields work in this game. It's uh, kind of the whole point of this guy. I don't think they work at all, actually. I think <laughs> this one works better. It's just a big hunk of stone. Yeah. I, at least I would assume it works better. I don't know. You use the oh, so if you use this weapon to oppose an incoming attack, you count as having an armor rating uh, to all locations of your body equal to the rating of the shield. That's pretty fucking good. Yeah, I'll say. Um, okay, he failed by one. I, I also failed by one. Okay, you hit him. Yeah, take that. So it's seven. Seven damage to the body. Seven, huh? Okay. Because there's, there's no, there's no strength there, flow or passive. Yeah, correct. So you you hit him, uh, and it just barely grazes off his armor. It doesn't seem Ooh. to do a whole lot. Kind of strike him uh, across the back, and mostly just just eat breastplate. Mort. Uh, let's see. Let's, uh, keep on channeling, right? I mean, I've come this See if I maybe get to participate a little bit. Uh, oh my god. Oh no! Mort. Mort, why? This may not be worth channeling any longer. Just get back into the fight. Just break out the, yeah, break out the beat stick. Yeah, yeah. Right. Use the old beat stick. Yeah, I think that'll do next turn. Skull Crusher returns. Yep. So, uh, Perhaps uh, opposite of Mort, as you are struggling to control the winds of magic and generate any sort of power here, um, you see the light in the room with the necromancer flares up in a bright flash, and it, at this point, runs up his arms and engulfs the body of this uh, corpse woman, and he almost seems to get bigger to you, Firth. Um, He doesn't actually get bigger, but it feels like his presence 
is much, much stronger. And you hear the scream of voices on the wind as uh, as this happens, and he lets out a maniacal laugh. Uh, at this point, you can see that Waltrout has run into the room and seems to is acting like he recognizes uh, this creature, and he has. Um, you hear him scream, "I'm here, master! I've brought you my skin!" And he tears open his shirt and. Just, you know, past Stickhelm in your fight, you can see that um, this guy is as scrawny uh, as can be, almost a skeleton himself. And you can see all along his skin, there are strange symbols and scribblings. La Volpe, you have a loaded crossbow. What do you do? Kill that guy. Oh, man, I'm going to shoot. I'm going to shoot him. Uh, 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 Waltron. Waltron? Okay. <laughs> Waltrout. I can't. Okay. I can't fucking remember his name. I, I might, re- I might I'm recommend like, shooting yourself. Waltron. Waltron. What the fuck is his name? I was shoot Waltron. Wow. Okay. I dig it. Um. Because I I don't know what magic's happening, but <laughs> I'm, uh, fuck that guy. Uh, All right. I'm facing at it. I passed I by it. two degrees. <laughs> Okay, how much damage is that? That's uh, 11, unless he's a skeleton, then he takes 10. No, he's not actually a skeleton, he just looks like one. Okay. Uh, Okay. Parts of him are a skeleton. You let fly with the crossbow bolt, and it strikes him in... uh, What part of the... uh, Did you hit him in? Uh, I'm sorry, so that is the... uh, uh, body all right your bow hits him almost square in the back because he's facing the uh the necromancer and he lets out a scream of pain and uh collapses to the ground he doesn't appear to be dead he's writhing in pain right now but that definitely uh did some serious damage to him um matthias draws his sword And takes a swing. He hits Stickhelm, uh, but much like with Firth, does not do a tremendous amount of damage. He does get in a slightly better blow than you do, Firth. Um, and it seems like only because the two of you are fighting him that he has any success here. Uh, at this point, Stickhelm swings back at Matthias. Oh my god, he rolled a 100. Hell yeah. You lucky fuckers. Alright. Hey, we rolled oh, plenty of 100s ourselves. Uh, uh, Stickhelm rolled a critical fumble. So where the fuck is the critical fumble table? There we go. Uh, Firth, would you like to do me the honors and roll a d100 to see what happens? With pleasure. Uh, I'll just roll weapon skill. 27. Your melee weapon jars badly. Your weapon suffers one damage. Next round, you will act last, regardless of initiative order, talents, or special rules as you recover. 
All right, so he swings his sword at Matthias, who is barely able to... Um, I shouldn't say barely, it's pretty bad, but he uh, he steps out of the way, and you see that he hits uh, the ground, and um, it actually gets, like, stuck in between two of the, uh, the cobblestones that make up the floor. And when he goes to pull it back, you see, like, the tip of the sword breaks off uh, and goes flying across the room, uh, leaving it, you know, just a little jagged at the end. Sweet. Um, and, you know, it takes him a second to try to pull the sword out of the ground, giving you a chance to attack. Mr. Firth. I'm so conflicted right now. I guess I guess I'm stuck in melee with this guy, aren't I? Uh you do have an advantage though, because you hit him last turn, right? So you could use that to break off, but you can help fight too. I'm I'm so conflicted because part of me wants to just kill uh skinny boy Waltrout. Mm-hmm. But then he's just gonna get brought back undead anyway. Uh, part of me wants to go for the dude, the caster. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going, I'm going to jump. I'm going to spend an advantage to get out of this melee. Okay. I'm going to leap past uh, skinny boy Mm -hmm. and uh, try and hit the caster. All right. Well, you can uh, get the charging bonus here, which will be plus 10. Nice. Give a little bit of helps. Oh. Failure. All right. Uh, he does not really make any attempt to block. He doesn't seem to have any weapons. Just real quick. Uh, what does fate do? Um, fate is to avoid all damage from a single attack. Or if you are um, killed, you can become incapacitated instead. Okay. Yeah. Are you out of fortune points? I am. I'm using my fortune points this evening. I gotta suck it in. I fell by four, so... Alright, well, he doesn't make any attempt to step aside and, uh, you know, or to block, I should say. So you swing, and he steps aside at the last second, and uh, your boat hook just uh, plants into the... Uh, the coffin and kind of scrapes against it a bit. Mm-hmm. Now you look down uh, when you pull your boat hook out and you can see that the priest uh, looks like an emaciated corpse now. Completely skinny and like a, like a starved husk. Mm-hmm. Which leads us back to our good elf friend. I come busting out from behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> um so you Here's come through, you, you come through the curtain mort and there's all sorts of chaos going on in here that wasn't going on before um part of the room is on fire um dangerously close to you actually uh the, the carpet is on fire the table has been cleaved in two uh Stickhelm's sword uh part of it has been like you know the tip is is gone um you see Matthias uh, is fighting him desperately. Uh, LaVolpe is frantically uh, probably reloading his crossbow. And you catch Firth go charging into the room with the necromancer. Um, uh, and then you, you hear him curse as he misses. How significant is this fire? Uh, it's not bad now, but it is growing. 
And are there any of the as the necromancer or the big skeleton dude buy it by chance? Or they're kind of in part of the room. Stickhelm is because uh, it's in the main room. It's not in the the side room that the necromancer okay. is in. So I want to try something. And oh, you got a little DM juice here to decide if it's going to work or not. Okay. Be effective or not. All right. All right. So what I want to do, I want to cast gust on the fire and blow it into it. The, the, it. the skeleton and kind of gulp him in flames. I think that's fucking awesome, and you should right. try it. All right. If I cast the fucking spell. <laughs> well, can you use your saved energy to do this? No. Well, no. Basically, the way that saved energy works is um, once I reach the amount of success levels I need to cast the spell I want to cast, it allows me to cast that spell as if the spell difficulty is zero instead of its actual spell difficulty level. So yeah, I basically well, why, can't I, that, why can't you do that for the other spell? Well, because the spell I'm casting Gus has a casting value of zero. I can't make it any lower than zero. I I, I, I don't think I, I can technically add three success levels. I don't think it really works that way. Although I kind of wish it did. But well, let's let's see here. Um... It's basically when your success level reaches the casting number of your selected spell, you have channeled enough magic to cast it. On the next round, you can cast your spell using the normal casting rules, but count the spell's chosen casting number as zero. So it's not really banking success levels. It's more just getting enough energy to cast a spell um, without, you know, huge penalties. Gotcha. Okay. But I still have a plus 10 from, like, the magic shield thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess because in here it specifically says you count the spell's casting number as zero, and... Yeah, I don't know. That might be an FAQ thing. I, I wonder. Um, maybe some of our listeners can educate us one day. But um... Anywho, I actually rolled decently well, and I passed by four degrees. Okay. So basically, it's, I want to just get the gust of wind, blow the flames directly onto him, and engulf him in fire as best I can. All right. And uh, the damage of the effect, I don't know. It's up to you. <laughs> you well, you, you definitely succeed, and and you know, I'll say, you know, you at least with the stored energy you have, we can say that you you pump some of that into this just to make it sure. more impressive. And uh, yeah, basically, um, you all see like part of this flame kind of rises up, almost like a tidal wave, and with um, incredible accuracy, Mord is able to mold it. Uh, to basically just splash and wash over Stickhelm with, uh, you know, minor uh, inconvenience to Kessler, who's you know right next to him. Um, so yes, I will say we will catch him. Yeah, we will count him as being. Uh, I believe it's called a blaze in this okay. game, which is a condition. Okay. Uh, at the end of every round, you suffer D10 wounds modified by toughness bonus and armor points with a minimum of one. Each extra ablaze condition adds plus one to the damage suffered. Uh, one ablaze condition can be removed with a successful athletics test uh, and modified by other circumstances. So, yes, I think that is fitting. Um, he doesn't have a whole lot on him that's flammable, but who doesn't want to fight a flaming giant skeleton? Right? So, perhaps more terrifying now, Stickhelm is completely on fire and <laughs> swinging his sword. Uh, but it will damage him. I hope okay. his truthy armor melts. <laughs> um, Alright. At this point, the Necromancer... I, I don't know what you call him that. We know his name is Lazarus Morn. Um, you guys heard that. So Morn, at this point, has channeled enough energy and 
is ready to join the fight. And unfortunately, Firth is uh, in his right in front of him. Hello. Now let's see what he has here. The necromancer holds his hand towards you, Firth. Basically to your chest. And you see this energy that has coalesced around him bursts from his uh, extended palm, and you see a skull kind of form in this uh, this glob of energy that strikes you, and you all hear a high-pitched scream as the skull emerges from his palm. It doesn't have to travel very far, uh, and it, it strikes you right in the chest first. You are going to take a total of 10 damage to your body. Okay, that hurts. You can reduce this like a regular attack. It doesn't, like, ignore toughness or anything like that. Oh. uh, It ignores armor, though, I presume. Uh, this particular one does not. No, actually, well, Matt, do magic missiles ignore armor? No, they do not. Okay. All right, so I take one off for that, and my toughness modifier is three, so I take four off total. Correct. All right. Well, that's gonna keep me on my feet. However, you must make a cool test; otherwise, you suffer from the broken condition. Oh yeah. This is gonna break Firth for sure. Nope, he loves it. <laughs> He's I, he is cool. I'll give him that. I'll give Firth credit for being cool. He's not good at a lot of things, but being cool is one of them. All right, uh, Lavolpe, you see this green screaming skull come racing through the wall and through Firth, uh, and then dissipates when it hits the far wall. Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna take that holy water and uh, get into position where I have the best uh, chances of lobbing it onto the necromancer. Okay. Um, uh, the room, well, yeah, uh, give me an athletics check. Uh, Between the fight oh, and right. the fire and the broken leg. Uh, uh, yeah, I fell by two. Okay, you're you're basically able to get in position, but you can't quite get there in time to to throw this turn, but next turn you can make the throw. Okay. You know, you've got to go past the flaming skeleton, the burning carpet, the shattered table, and all sorts of shit. You really <laughs> fuck this place up. <laughs> While you're on a broken yeah. leg, so. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you get there and you see uh, Firth in combat with the uh, necromancer. Ener- magical energy kind of falling off of Firth that clearly hit him but he is standing strong and not cowering. Matthias, his duel. Uh, You see this time the two of them basically lock blades, and for a second you see uh, Matthias has to put both hands behind his his blow and kind of comes face to face with the skeleton, and they do not, he does not do any damage to him. Uh, Stickhelm strikes back, and... Matthias ducks under the the blade, and this flaming blade cuts through the air, flames dancing all over the place. 
and Firth, we're up to you. Uh, yeah, I'm coming for this guy with his magic missiles. There's one thing I hate. It's being hit by a magic missile. Um, oh, sweet mother of God. Oh! Another eight. Jeez. All right, once again, you swing the boat hook, and the necromancer uh, almost uh, mockingly steps aside as you swing and kind of stumble (laughs) past him. And uh, he lets out another mocking laugh. Your soul is mine, fool. And Mort, go ahead and roll me that d10 fire damage for our good skeletal friend. Just straight d10? Uh, yes. Ten? Damn! He's got a good toughness, but still, that's some damage. And how long does the burning condition last? Uh, it lasts until he attempts to put it out. Um, Okay. But being an undead monstrosity, he's probably not going to have the sound of mind to do that, so... Uh, yeah, you be, you see, like, a couple of the straps on his armor begin to melt, and, like, one of his, uh, vamp braces or bracers falls off and crashes to the ground, and, uh, you see, like, some of his skeletal bones are starting to smoke, and the, the feather on his helmet has just gone up in flames. <laughs> what was left of it? Poor feather. Well, then, uh, I see he's a little distressed right now, and he's currently engaged by, by my buddies. I'll, uh, take out the old staff and give me a old charge. <laughs> okay. Yield. Skull crusher to the, to so, the skull, charge. Skull crusher's going at charge gets what's a plus ten bonus, right? Plus ten. You're, I'm sorry, you're hitting stick helm? Yeah, stick helm. Oh, you are so brave too. Look at that. And then, okay. Do I have advantage for like my previous thing or would that not technically count? Uh yeah, I'd say you have advantage. He did pass by two. Okay. But yes, you have advantage. All right. Uh, I get a... I pass by six degrees. Oh my god, you hit him in the head. It's a headshot. (laughs) Spell crusher. (laughs) Okay, what is your total damage? He passed by two. He passed by two, so that'll be ten damage to the head. Ten Dude, he's going to have to make a fear test from Mort. Yeah, he is. Uh, Let's see. Mort, you crack him in the head, and... You hit him so hard that his mandible falls off uh, from the right side and is now dangling from his left side. Uh, he is still standing, but uh, yeah, you crack him in teeth and part of his mandible goes flying all over the room. All right, I'll take it. <laughs> Morn, laughing maniacally, channels more undead energy. He places a hand uh, on your shoulder as you stumble past him, Firth, and you just feel uh, like your very soul is being dragged out of your body. Please give me a cool test. I'm having trouble clicking. There we go. Oh! Oh, no! That ladies and gentlemen, is a 100. Cool. Yeah. Cool 100. I've rolled a 98, a 99, and a 100 this evening. Okay. So, a couple things are going to happen here, Firth. Um, 
first of all, you are obviously taking damage as you feel your very life being drained from your body. And it is the most terrifying and unnatural thing that you have ever uh, encountered. Um, You take another 10 damage. Uh, This is not reduced by armor. It is reduced by toughness, though. I'm at negative one. All right. I was going to have you make a cool test. Um, I guess you might still be standing here. So let's see what happens first off. All right. So you gain the prone condition, uh, which you cannot lose until you're healed for at least one wound. You have a number of rounds equal to your toughness bonus before you hit the unconscious state. And I'm sorry, you're at negative wounds? Negative one. Oh, that is enough to do a critical wound. And I will also need you to make a cool test as this is causing terror to you. <laughs> which is even worse than fear, as one might imagine. Yeah, fell that by three. Okay. Did, was I just saying how cool Firth was? Did I just say <laughs> On a failure, the character gains rating plus negative success level of broken conditions. So you gain three broken conditions. And once you overcome this, uh, you are suffering from fear once again. You guys hear a scream unlike any that you've ever heard in your life as Firth is annihilated by magic and, like, waking from the worst nightmare possible. Um, What's your toughness bonus, Firth? Uh, Three. Okay, so... I believe, if I remember, you are at, it's negative 20 on the chart here because uh, you don't have enough negative damage here. I think if your negatives are under your toughness bonus, it was minus 20 on the the chart. I remember that when the Volpe got crushed. (laughs) If you suffer fewer negative wounds than your toughness bonus, you subtract minus 20 from your critical result table. Would you like to roll it, or would you like me to roll it? Oh, uh, you do it. You do right. it. This is to the body. I have rolled a 99, which is minus 20, which will drop that to a 79. Wait, is rolling high good or bad on that? Bad. Oh. 100 is instant death in most cases. Oh, my. 79. Right? Yep, 99, 79. Fractured hip, gain a stunned condition, and make an endurance test, or also gain prone and suffer a broken bone minor injury. Sorry, I've just gained a stunned and a a broken hip. Uh, And minor broken bone. Minor broken. Okay. Okay. And... This does another four wounds to you, but I don't think that's going to matter here. Mm, negative five. Uh, no, because um, you don't. You once you hit zero or negative, you stay at zero. And if you get hit, basically, if the damage brings you to negative, that's what causes critical wounds. But you don't keep counting from critical. You're always considered at zero when you're hit. So it, it does, it's irrelevant here because you don't have any extra wounds to uh to gain. Now, 
Uh, one thing in this game, I don't think this has really come up before. It may have. If you would like, you are allowed to burn your armor on the location you're hit to ignore the critical. However, um, the the normal rules are that your armor uh, loses one point of armor. Um, however, when you have higher armor values, that makes characters stupidly durable. So we are house ruling that where if you choose to use this rule, regardless of what the armor value is, it is burned. So if you have armor on your body, you can burn it to be zero, and you will not take critical wounds. Seems worth doing, huh? So I just get rid of my... I basically just get rid of my... Well, you you still suffer the damage, but you don't suffer this critical hit. So I I wouldn't break my hip? Correct. All right, I'll do that. And I'm okay. Not, I'm not stunned anymore. Correct. All right. So, but I still have that, I still have three broken conditions. Yes, that was from the spell. Right. All right, and my armor is gone. Now it still counts on your arms and whatever else it may cover, but the, the, the right. body portion is gone. It's that that section that gets destroyed. It's just gone. Yeah, so basically, as this spell rips out your life force, like, basically the chest part of your armor just gets ripped with it and shredded. Exposing what I'm assuming are your sweet, you know, abs underneath. Totally sweet. <laughs> uh, yeah. Volpe, you see this happen. It is horrifying. What do you do? Uh, I'm going to still go ahead and try and throw that uh, holy water. Okay. On our on on the morn. Uh, All right. Give me a. Uh, if you have throwing weapons, do that. Otherwise, just ballistic skill. It will be a ballistic skill, um, and then uh, I should have at least I have one advantage. Yes, from scoring the hit on Wu Tang. Yes, and you can. Um... Since you don't have to move this turn, you could aim and get another plus... I think it's plus 10 to aim. Yes, I would like to do that. And all the help I can get. All right, sweet. Um, so, with the plus... Do I get a plus 2 then? Is that how it works? Correct. Okay. With the plus 2, I pass by 1 degree. Okay. Uh, you hit him. Go ahead and roll me a d10, please. Yes, yeah, seven. All right, the vial shatters. Uh, what what location did you hit, by the way? Uh, that would be the. Sorry, let me pull up my thing. Would be the right arm. It shatters on her shoulder and douses her right arm and you see it burning through the cloth and singeing the skin underneath. And for a moment, you see the arm, kind of like before when you saw it uh, grab the necklace and then twitch back to the priest's head, you see the arm kind of almost like uncontrollably like spasm, and you hear uh, the scream of a woman this time, uh, screaming, it burns, and then you see, like, the other hand grabs this hand's wrist like it's trying to get the arm under control. Matthias, 
is locked in a duel with Stickhelm and does not make any progress. Stickhelm returns the favor, and this time he strikes Matthias. Not a great hit, but enough to draw some blood and do some damage to his leg. Uh, Firth. I'm going to continue to be prone. All right. I need you to make your cool test for the terror. Nope. Minus two. All right. I said I said that, and then I failed three in a row. Amazing. <laughs> you are still technically conscious. It's just that you are prone, um, and you are currently terrified of Morn, so you will have to spend your actions basically trying to crawl away from him. Yeah. Because I believe you can still act, well, quote-unquote act when you're prone. Let's see here, 169. Uh, you, you, can, um, you can move half your movement in yards. Cool. Uh, real quick, just so, so I'm sure, I, I've got three turns to not be wounded, or otherwise I'm becoming unconscious. Correct. So this is turn yeah. one. Turn one. Um, so you can move, um, you, I mean, you can still perform actions, but everything is at, uh, any sort of test that involves movement is at minus 20 when you're prone. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just crawling. Okay. I just trying you to have crawl your potion, Brian. I'm sorry, what? You have your potion. Do I? I do. You got, you got a potion from, uh, the witch. Would you like to pop your potion? Oh, no, that was just a stink potion. I don't have a healing potion from her. No, I thought you bought one of each, because I got one and you got one, too. No, she didn't have any. She didn't have enough for me. You you did buy two potions, Brian. That I do recall last she week. She didn't have enough. You bought You bought a stink potion, and you also bought a health potion. From what I remember, when I went in there and I said I was going to buy one, and I feel like I remember your character's like, yeah, I'll buy one, too. For some reason, I, th- I thought I wanted to, but she didn't have enough on hand. She didn't have enough to make multiples, but she made right. one of each. I believe that was the first time as well. She didn't have any, and she had to go get more uh, supplies. Confused. Um, All right, you, did, you did get two, and um, I don't know if you've used the one that Kessler gave you at the beginning of the adventure. I've used that one for sure. Uh, um, All right. Well, you get your toughness bonus times two back in wounds. So I'm... Back to one, because I was at minus five, right? So now remember, you're you're always at zero for for that. Oh, so I leap back up to six. Correct. That seems sweet. The negative is if you hit negatives at any point, that causes a critical wound, and then you go back to zero. Okay. Um, so I'm at six again, feeling good about my life. All right, so you crawl away, pop the potion, ready to go. Mort. Give me fire damage on Stickhelm, please. Heck yeah! Eight. Okay, a little less than last turn, but... I mean, ten last turn. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> okay. Uh, more of his armor plates fall apart. Um, pretty much now, he is just a skeleton with a helmet and his weapon and shield. Well, I will continue to uh, use Skullbreaker in the sky. Okay. Um, got advantage from last turn. He passes by one. I also pass by one, so it becomes a hit. 
So okay. it's going to be seven damage to the body. All right. You hit him, and uh, he mostly gets his shield up in the way, and you crack a few ribs, uh, but he is still going. Okay. Although the light in his eyes has dimmed quite a lot. We're getting there. Morn turns his attentions to you, Lavolpe, and throws out a spell in your direction, uh, but it strikes the door instead. Uh, basically, you see the, the wood of the door withers almost if it's, it's burnt uh, or just dead right before your eyes. You're up. Um, yeah, I didn't have a plan after the holy water. I don't have any uh, other ones left. Um, I'll, uh, I'll try striking him, uh, with my sword then. Well, did you try to reload the crossbow? I no, you, did... you shot Putz's face, yeah. Yeah, I shot Putzy. Um, yeah. well, you can either try to reload or you can make a melee attack. It's up to you. Uh, I'll, um, I'll make a melee attack. Okay. Go ahead. All right, I so I should have two advantage now. Um, so I pass by uh, four. Okay, uh, he's just trying to dodge, I'm, so he he doesn't dodge, so you hit him. All right, nice. All right, so six and four, so just the nine damage. Okay. You get a decent hit on him, uh, cutting through part of the clothes and the skin underneath. And uh, this time you see it looks like that arm kind of twitches again. uh, But before anything really happens, it looks like he gets uh, control of it again. And uh, that leads us to Matthias. Can he fell the beast? All right. All right, Mort's between you, the Fire Skull Crusher, and Matthias and the Holy Water. The two of you finally are able to put Stickhelm to rest permanently uh, as he gets a good strike in, uh, ducking under his shield, and the light in his eyes goes out, and his smoldering bones collapse to the floor into a pile of dust. Firth. You see Lavolpe has joined the fight. Yeah, uh, I guess I gotta probably pass a cool to do anything. Yes, you are still terrified of what just transpired. Well, I passed it by one. Alright, so you still have two broken conditions on you, so at this point you must still try to hide because you're suffering from terror. Alright, I will crawl. Continue to crawl away then. You can get up at this point if you want, because you have wounds now. Or you can keep crawling, it's up to you. Crawling. Alright, where do you go to hide? Uh, <laughs> I'm going back to Mort's uh, cabinet back there. So when you come out of the room, the fire has spread to that area, and yeah, you have to crawl through fire. Okay. Uh, um, which one? There's one that hasn't been investigated yet, then I take it, right? Yes. I'll go right. I'll go there. Okay. Um you go behind this one and there is a statue of a uh, of a skeleton. At first you think it is a skeleton, you're like, oh fuck, you gotta be kidding me. 
Uh, but uh, you take a second, you realize it's just a uh, uh, like a, some sort of ceremonial statue. Like I poke it with the uh, boat hook first. And, oh God! Yeah, right. but there's there's room here to uh, to hide. Okay. All right, Mort. You see Firth scuttling out on his hands and knees with a look of terror in his face. We just have the uh, the necromancer now, huh? Correct. And how's he doing these days? Uh, he's only taking a little bit of damage, but um, you can see that clearly there's some sort of inner battle going on between him and the, the woman's spirit. So is the the woman is still in the room with the necromancer as well, so it's two of them? No, uh, it appears that he took over the body, right? That's what it looks like to you. Levin. So it's like, like the woman seems to have like collapsed. Try and grab the necklace off. Let's no, you, like. the, the the corpse is still standing. Levin but it's like her right now. Oh, so they're both up. The both the woman and the necromancer are active. No, no, no. What Lavope is saying is that it seems the necromancer's spirit has taken control of the woman's dead body. Oh, so, okay, sorry. The actual body of the necromancer who was, like, lying down is still lying down. Where is that? The thing that's actually moving is the woman. Correct. Gotcha. Okay. Um, okay, what I want to try to do is I want to try to shoot a blast of magic directly at the necklace. Uh, that'll be a called shot. Okay. And it's that's going to be tough because it's such a tiny thing. So that's going to be minus thirty. Okay, so how would that work with my actual casting test? Minus thirty, my cast test. Yes. Okay. So I guess minus twenty because you have the plus ten going on. Well, then I also have two levels of advantage, but um. Oh. So it's it's actually straight, but yeah, I opened ninety-two to so I failed the cast. Doesn't yeah, it doesn't help. Yeah. Okay. Morn casts a spell on you, Lavolpe, and it hits. I will need you to take ten points of damage. Uh, this is modified by armor and toughness uh, to the right arm. Okay. I'm sorry, the body. Body. Okay. Loves those body shots. So I take. Uh... Six then. Okay. All right. You're up. Um, I'm going to try and grab at the necklace and just try and yank it off him. Okay. Give me a brawl test. Or use, but use my use my. I rather can I use my sword to loop it through and kind of shear it off uh, to get the extra strength. Yes, but that. That will probably be harder because you got to be more precise. If you do that, you're going to be at minus 20. I'm going to try that. Do a straight up brawl or you can do your melee at minus 20. I'm going to try and do the melee at minus 20. I don't want that fucker touching me. Fuck yeah. Um, I got a 13. So I had three advantage. Um, We don't have advantage anymore. You took damage. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, well, I passed by four degrees. Well done. 
So, with some quick thinking and putting the pieces together, La Volpe, you expertly, um, you know, basically do a, a quick uh, twirl of your sword with your wrist, and you manage to get the necklace, like, kind of spun around your, your blade once or twice, and you're able to just cut it from her neck, uh, severing, you know, the part of the chain. And the second you do that, the light in the eyes of the corpse uh, seems to get pulled with the necklace, and the corpse falls to the ground instantly, not moving. And the necklace kind of comes to to rest at the pommel of your sword as you hold it up and you look at it, and you can see that um, the green greenish kind of glowish glowing energy that was emanating uh, from the corpse almost gets like sucked into this black gem on the necklace and uh it's a little eerie to hold but other than that you can you can feel this energy kind of buzzing inside of it but it seems to go with the necklace uh yeah i'll kind of keep it away from my body and uh yeah i guess look to the people that know more about magic than me to handle it Smash the fuck out of it. Alright. I'll uh I'll try doing that on my next turn. Okay, well the combat is over at this point, so you may attempt right. to smash it. What do you do? Uh I'm gonna kinda I guess get toss it on the ground and use my pommel to uh to smash it. Okay. So you throw it on the ground. And then you try to smash this thing, and when you do, you know, there's, you can feel that kind of surge of panic kind of fill up uh, with you again as you try to, um, and, I mean, you don't have to make a test or anything, but just being near this thing, you can feel that something's not right about it, and you smash your pommel on the, the black gem, and when you pull your pommel up, it is not even scratched. Hmm. And well, you swear you swear on the wind that you hear uh like a mocking laugh, but nothing else appears to happen. Well, we might need another way to take care of this. And I believe I'm not the strongest person, but uh <laughs> I gave it a good whack. And I believe that'll be a place to call it for tonight. Well done, Adventure. You have overcome Lazarus Morn and the undead Strickhelm. Uh, And you still have Waltrout to deal with next week. Writhing in (laughs) agony. Little fucker. He's got it coming. (laughs) So, quite the adventure. That knuckle duster. The the danger continues. Uh, some, Some close calls tonight for the Geists, but they continue to emerge victorious. So we will call it at that and continue our adventures next time. Thank you all once again for joining us here on Dragon's Greed Gaming. And uh, we will see you all next week as we jump into Gen Con Online. Great success. Thank you all once again for listening. And nighty night.